Hello from LA and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season six, episode 11, Day Out of Days. Mm. Written by Gina Fattore, mm-hmm. directed by Robert McNeil. Uh, this originally aired on January 15th, 2003. Okay. Description from Wikipedia. This has bullet points. <laughs> I want to prepare you. <laughs> on a Monday in January, Todd congratulates his cast and crew for completing principal photography of Wicked Dead. The episode takes place over the next four days. Tuesday, this is the first bullet point, Uh Todd is confronted by the studio's demands for research shoots, and despite Dawson's counsel out of patience, refuses. Counsel of patience, I'm sorry, refuses. Joey, who has not heard from Eddie since Christmas, finds Harley at Hell's Kitchen. She's now living with Hetson due to her mother's work priorities and has cut classes. Pacey lurching, lunching, not lurching, I can't see, (laughs) lunching at the the public aquarium near his work runs into Emma. Jen begins training as a peer counselor under CJ. Jack and David go to get tested for STDs. Wednesday, Joey lets Hetson know about his daughter's delinquency and he reacts defensively. Dawson arranges a meeting with the studio executives to apologize for Todd's walkout, but inadvertently finds himself hired as director for the reshoots. Thursday, Dawson picks up Audrey, who has been partying her life away with her friend Jack Osborne from a beach in Malibu. Joey, again escorting Haley, stakes out Eddie's apartment. Slipping in, she finds it abandoned. He has left town. (laughs) Thank you. Pacey admits his misgivings about his job to Emma, who challenges him to quit his job and watch the daily fish feeding with her. Friday, Hudson apologizes to Joey for his hostility and hires her as Harley's babysitter and tutor. Pacey chooses his job to Emma's disappointment. Jack and David are cleared of STDs and go off to explore the physical side of their relationship. (laughs) Bone. They go to bone. (laughs) Jen finds success answering her first counseling call. Dawson tracks down Todd and apologizes for stealing his his job, but Todd bequeaths it to him officially. And we're done here. Thank you. That's all there is to say about this fucking garbage heap of an episode. Okay, so history's mysteries. In January of 2003, Sky Marshals are introduced on U.S. airlines in an attempt to prevent hijackings. Mm. January 4th, 2003, the Atlanta Falcons defeat the Green Bay Packers in a 27-7 upset, handing the Packers their first ever playoff loss at Lambeau Field. Mm. Um... January 15th, 2003, Eldred versus Ashcroft, the Supreme Court of the United States allows the extension of copyright terms in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And finally, on January 16th, 2003, the space shuttle Columbia is launched on what turns out to be its last flight. Mm. The number one movie in the country is the Ashton Kutcher, Brittany Murphy epic. Oh, Just Married. Just Married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we watched... saw that in the theaters. Oh, boy, did we. And yeah, I owned yeah. it on DVD. I might still own it on nice. DVD. <laughs> Brittany Murphy, such a legend. Oh. Gone too soon. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, okay, number one song oh, is Still oh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. It's so wild to think she has two movies in that like, short period. Brittany Murphy. Yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. Totally. She was, I mean, she was big deal at this I point. Know. Like, this she was, was like peak of her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so number one song, Lose Yourself. And then in the weeks leading up to January, to this week in January, we had a few big debuts. The first week of the year at number 85, we had All the Things She Said by Tattoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, if you were gay in college, you had that yeah, yeah, yeah. poster on your wall. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, definitely. And even if you were straight, you some some people did, too. Um, at number 67, we had The Absolute Banger, 50 Cents in the Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, every party we went to. That was iconic. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Um, and the songs that came out in this week actually were terrible, so I'm not going to mention them. Um, okay. So we're going to leave it there. And then we're going to start in on this episode. Here we go. Yeah, so it's Monday. Yeah. And we get the font. And yeah, we get a title card. Yeah, and, and you're kind of like, oh, I remember when we watched this, we're like, oh, they're doing something like Something cool, different. Like oh, oh, oh. Kind of similar to um, Longest Day or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, It's no Longest Day. <laughs> To say the least. I mean, Tina wrote both those, but like, whew, okay. I, I do say, I have a note at the end that's like, I actually don't think the problems in this episode are Gina Fattori's fault. No. Like, I think the script is fine. What they say to each other is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the story, story that no, is a I, fucking nightmare. I totally agree yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. So we're on set and yeah. Todd is like excited because they finished the final shot. Yeah. And like, Principal you know, photography is over. He makes a toast mm. and like Natasha's there. And I'm like, oh, thank God she's still here. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, he makes this toast about like how Todd's like, oh, I'm so happy about this experience. Blah, blah, blah. It's like mm-hmm. nice and whatever. It's a lovely, it's a lovely, nice toast. And, yeah. and a thank you to everyone for working so hard on the movie. And as he finishes, Natasha comes up to Dawson and like, she's a little wistful that it's weird that like everything that they're standing in is going to be gone tomorrow. Like it never existed, which I do actually think is an interesting movie thing. No, I agree. And like, also like she's not fucking him anymore. So that's over too. And like, just, you know, like I can totally understand how she feels. Yeah. And she's talking to Dawson about this and Mm -hmm. she's also saying it's strange. And and Dawson is like super standoffish, but I have no idea how he feels. No, he's just kind of like very awkward and like, he's like, well, you know, he says hey to her, like, when she comes up in a way that seems like they haven't seen each other since Christmas, even though presumably they've been filming for, like, yeah. another week or two. Yeah. No, I mean, it's very weird, the timeline <laughs> of this episode. The timeline of this episode is a wackadoo. Um, so she's like, oh, that speech that Todd gave was really great, like, and don't think I don't know you wrote it, basically. <laughs> like Because yeah. it was, like, sincere and warm and bittersweet. And then she kind of, like, turns on a dime and she's like, or is it just bitter? <laughs> I know, and it's... It's like, it's interesting because like she obviously want she doesn't want to like get back with him, but she no. also wants to like talk, but she doesn't know what she wants to talk about. She's very. And I feel like I understand that, like that nineteen year old point of view of like I'm glad that we broke up, but I also like have feelings and I don't know what they are and I don't know what to do about it and I want to talk to you but I have nothing to talk about because I don't know what my feelings are. So I'm just going to kind of be angry at you. Yeah, so I'm going to be like super wild, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, like, yeah. and conversely, Dawson also feels that same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You get that, like I guess that I do know how he feels in that regard where yeah. he's like, I'm glad we broke up but I also like have a lot of feelings yeah. and like thoughts and I don't have any friends to talk to them about. Totally, totally. And and she's like, oh, you going to LA tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I'm on a flight too. And like, we learned that she got a part, like a, just a little bit part in this Spielberg movie yeah. that like Max Winter, Max Winter got it for her. Yeah. And 
Like, that's kind of huge. Yeah. And, like, you know, you know, she's like, it's a small part, but it could lead to bigger things. And, like, I did, I hate that I had this thought, but mm-hmm. I did have one thought that was, like, knowing this show and yeah. how it likes to treat women. Yeah, and yeah. particularly women who have a sexuality. Mm-hmm. I was, like... Are they, like, trying to make a commentary about Natasha, like, sleeping her way into a Spielberg movie? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I, I mean, I definitely agree, because the way that they've told this whole story yeah. has been, like... Like, even at the end of this episode, spoiler for this episode, Dawson's like, you're my mentor to Todd. And yeah. Todd is a fucking psycho, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like... Like, he's entertaining to watch on screen, but, like, if you met that man in real life... Absolutely. We even find out in this episode he's not, like, an auteur. Like, right. you know, he's not even a good filmmaker. So, like, what exactly... You know, is he offering? Is he offering? And so, like, the storytelling of Dawson's journey has been, yeah. like... It has been, like, this very twisted you know, like, 90s vibe of, like, I didn't have sex with her, you know? Yeah. I only, like, abused my power and, you know, destroyed her career. Like, you know, like, that kind of, like, 90s idea of, like, women sleeping their way to the top. And it's like, well, you're actually implying men have power to give women positions if they fuck them. At the top, if they fuck you. And, like, that is more of what we're trying to dismantle. This isn't, like, women being shitty. It's the fact that men wield this power and you're upholding that power. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And I I think, like, it's funny because that's not where my mind goes at first, right? I'm like, oh, how great for her. She's, like, in this movie. And then I had this moment of, like, oh... Wait, it's this show, so like possibly we're having a commentary. Yeah, or they want the audience to think that of like that slut, she slept her way to the top, and Dawson, he's working hard to get his fucking, you know, directorship in this episode. Right. When you're like, uh, working hard at what? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what exactly do we mean hard work is? Totally. Because Natasha has been at the receiving end of sexual harassment. Like for episodes upon yeah, episodes. Yeah, and that yeah. is fucking hard work. Boy, is it. And like, you know, Dawson's kind of like, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll turn this opportunity into something great. Mm-hmm. But he kind of says it a little, like, a little catty. Yeah. And she's, like, snippy with him. And she's like, are you, like, giving me attitude? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she's, she's kind of, like, criticizes this break in his professional demeanor that he's been cultivating. And, and he's like, well, not everyone's acting all the time, Natasha. And she's like, everyone in Hollywood is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, girl... You're not wrong. And that's the point she's been trying to make about him is that he's acting like a good person when right. he's not like his behavior isn't that I mean, I of a good we, person. I think we're on that page. Yeah, we're on that team. It's like so compelling. Yeah. So she's like, well, good luck. I think you might need it. <laughs> Which I laughed really hard I about. <laughs> and I love Dawson. I love it when Dawson treats people like, or like other people treat Dawson like he treats people. Yes. So like, I'm like here, here for Natasha giving him shit. I totally agree. But like, also there's like, uh, there is a weird sort of whiplashy, like effect that Natasha's behavior has where I'm just like, wait, you were totally fine breaking up with him last episode and now you're mad. And I, I agree with your assessment that like at 19 you're having feelings or like however old she is, even if she's supposed to be like 21 yeah, or 22, yeah. like you're having feelings and you like don't quite know how to express them. So you just like act wild. Like yeah, yeah, we have totally. all been there. And, and you're also responding to him acting wild. And it's like, totally. I, I totally, yeah. But and, he, like, like, and it's hard because we, established in this episode that this is like a few weeks post Christmas. Right. But like, 
it's like it's what I keep complaining about is that because the show now none of our characters are ever put together yeah we don't know how they feel what went down I mean I just think that we need like another episode you know or I'm like did I miss something well, there's there was no there's no like decompression episode yeah like yeah. I mean Audrey just drove through a house I mean, I'm with you, girl. That's, like, not nothing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And not a random person's house. Like, her Dawson's friend's house. house. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... So, credits, and then we go to the... To Hell's Kitchen. And it's Tuesday. Tuesday. And she's, like, leaving a message... Joey. Yeah, Jess... Oh, sorry. Joey's leaving a message... That, like, she's back at school, and, like, at first we don't know who she is, but it becomes clear very quickly that she's leaving a message on Eddie's. Yeah, and then she reveals that she hasn't heard from him since Christmas. Since Christmas. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, and you, I, like, feel bad for her because, like, you know, Joey doesn't really have any friends. Yeah. And, like... This is the moment she needs her friends. Like, Agreed. to, like, talk to her about this, you know? Agreed. Like, could you imagine you take someone home for Christmas and it, like, goes kind of sour, but then you don't hear for them? Like, how long are we supposed to think this is? Like, well, three weeks? Yeah, and so, like, my thing is, like, giving her... Giving the, the 2000, early 2000s, like, buffer of, like, we weren't hearing from each other nearly as much as we are now. Sure, sure. Right? Like, like it would be one thing if it was three days. But we're yeah. talking about, like, three weeks. Three weeks is a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, three, four days. Yeah, fine. Like Yeah, like, yeah. a week. Okay. The holidays are, uh, Yeah, know, while time people sun. are like, busy. You don't know what's... Like, that time passes simultaneously slowly and quickly. <laughs> that time is, like, no, no other time yeah, of year. exactly. Totally, totally. <laughs> Um, I will say that she's like, you know, I wasn't going to call you cause like I have pride, but apparently that I don't, I'm a typical girl, which like still hate that framing. I know because like, I don't understand what this has to, you're, you think this is your boyfriend. You should be hearing from them. <laughs> yeah. But I think that like. That doesn't have anything to do with gender. I think that Men was Men could like, feel that way about their boyfriend too. Right. But I think that was like. I think that part of it was like where we were at narratively in the nineties was mm-hmm. like, Oh, girls just have to hear from you all the time. And I was like, as a person who dated at this point, yeah. like not, that seemed like not the case. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, but like if I hadn't heard from my boyfriend in three weeks, yeah, I would be I would calling be him every hour yeah, just exactly. to be like, okay, if fuck? you're going to be psycho, I'm going to be psycho. <laughs> Totally. Like, are you kidding me? There's a difference between not hearing from your friend who's in Vegas, like, or your girlfriend who's in Vegas, like, for two hours or three hours, and calling every hour. That's a psycho move. Yeah, yeah. The after three weeks, yeah, you get to all bets are off. Yeah, totally. And she's and so she's like, you know, I don't think Christmas went too badly, like on a Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf scale, which really made me laugh. And he's like, but like, she's like, you know, could you just call me? Like, that would be great. Yeah. So I like yelled out loud when this came up because I was like, oh my God, it's this, this episode, episode. <laughs> which I, I vividly remember, I us, remember watching. us watching it too. Yeah, I totally absolutely. agree with you. Yeah. In Because ja- I guess January 15th. So we were, I mean, you and I were home that whole break, I think. I don't know, but at least for a lot of it. I yeah. mean, I'm sure I went home for actual you Christmas. You went home for like a little while. But, but like, we were back in school, like, because quarter starts early. In January. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we all were like anticipating this episode, I remember, totally. and like watching it. And like, yeah, I know when we get to that scene at the end, I, I remember, was like, I remember, I remember us, us being, being like, like, what? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like, you know, I think like, the trajectory of this, what what shocked me and why I screamed out loud was mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it happens this quickly. Well, yeah, last episode I was like, okay, Dawson and Natasha are over and I guess Eddie and Joey. And you're like, I didn't get that vibe. And I was like, oh. Yeah, because you knew it was coming. I <laughs> well, didn't. I did get that vibe and I also knew it was coming <laughs> I mean, next. I knew that eventually it was coming. No, I just exactly. didn't know it was the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was okay. like, yeah. So I guess. Listen, the pacing on these last two seasons is just like, I don't know what was happening. Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess like I just mean that divide that we had in that perception of that scene. Like, you know, it, it does indicate that Joey was like totally like unclear of what was going on as totally. well. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, where she's like, yeah, we're fine. But yeah. Eddie thought they were maybe breaking up. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I know. Anyway, so Joey goes back to the front of the bar where she hears overhears someone saying that people always think she's 16, but she's totally 18. And it's Harley, who is 15, <laughs> saying that. And Joey, like, I mean, to her credit, she's like, okay, no. <laughs> like, I know. No. It's like, I like this vibe. But uh-huh. Joey is like, girl, no, you're not doing this. But also, like, it's hard to watch her be like that when we've watched her, like, leave Audrey sure. in situations. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it like, it, this is the Joey we know. And the way she's been behaving towards Audrey is, like, a totally different person. I agree. You know? I agree. And Joey is, like, kind of shocked to see Harley there. And she does say, I thought Christmas vacation was long over for the Britney and Christina set. And I was like, girl, you are the Britney and Christina set. I know. What? I said, Josephine Potter, do not say their names in that way. I know. Whatever. Christina and Britney were born in 1980 and 1981, respectively. Yeah. Joey Potter was born born in 1983. Yeah. Side note, when I was Googling that to make sure I was right, yeah. I learned that Christina Aguilera, Katie Holmes, and I all, all share the, the same, same birthday. birthday. Yeah, mm-hmm. you didn't know I, that? I didn't know Christina. Oh. I knew Katie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Brad Pitt. Yeah, both Brittany and Christina are Sagittarius. Oh, I didn't... Oh, oh, oh. That explains a lot. <laughs> um, I, no, I, it doesn't. I don't know what you think about this. <laughs> I was FaceTiming with Hugh, our British correspondent, the other day, and he was like, it's my favorite thing when you don't know what the fuck Aaron is talking about. (laughs) So, shout out, Hugh. Um, I still don't know what that means. Okay, so we learned that Harley has, like, come to stay with Hetson full-time. Yeah. And, like, she's, like, looking for Eddie because, like, he's the only only cool cool person person. in Boston. (laughs) Which, Which, like, kind of checks out. I know, it's funny. Like, I I love the boy-crazy Harley. Totally. Like, Like, on the one hand, I feel about Harley the same way I feel about Emma. Of Like, why is this happening? Why is she here? What's going on here? You know? Um, No, thank you. Can we get... I'll take her because we might get to talk about Blue Crush on our our movie club on our Patreon. I agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I also am like, can't Joey get a fucking friend? Yeah, I mean, I say a hundred percent. You're yeah. totally right. That is the correct assessment of this situation, yeah. and like Joey is kind of blown away, and she and like Harley's then is like, oh yeah, I was on a field trip, but like I ditched that to come to this bar, and because like my life has been ruined by moving here, so like fuck this. Yeah, she and, says her mom like took a position to go do research in Bangladesh. Right. Yeah, and like. 
Harley is supposed to be such an obvious ringer for Joey that it's kind of eye-rolly because, like, Joey's like, your life isn't ruined, Harley. And Harley's like, how would you know? Has your life ever been ruined? And I was like, oh, my God. I know. I agree with you. And it's like they're trying to throw back the meta vibe and be like, oh, Joey has to deal with someone just like herself. But, like, it's boring and not anything like Joey. No. And it's going to lean into it more in a second. And I'm just like... And, like, also, has Joey's life been ruined? Like, what is, like, because Joey's face is supposed to be like, my life has been ruined. Shut up, Harley. Wah. Like but, when she chose Pacey over Dawson. Was I don't that know, the ruination? That, so being with the love of her life ruined her life? I mean, girl, I don't think it did. I don't but. think it did either, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, getting a D, I think, is that what she's supposed to think from Hudson? I mean, or, like, I mean, there are things that have legitimately ruined her life, like her mother dying and her yeah, father being sent to prison. Exactly. But, like, I'm not sure that that's what we're supposed to be thinking. I agree with you. And I'm like, I don't know, you're, you just told us a few episodes you love your life and you're, like, have exactly what you want. And you, you seem know? to have zero feelings about your father being in the pr- picture again. So Or your roommate being nowhere to be found. Who knows? Who could possibly know? And I think that's the problem. That's the problem we keep slamming into in the last two seasons is that like the show seems to think like, oh, you know what we're talking about. And it's like, how the fuck would we know what you're talking about? I don't. I don't know. You know? And like, you know, like Emma, I'm like, why is she here? But if she was serving as a friend to Joey and in this scene, it's Emma and they're talking about like what's going on with Eddie and like, you know, we're on this journey and Emma's just like a a co-worker friend like I could be on board with that totally you know with you. um but like now we have this like young 18 year old it's like a spitfire like 15 year old 15 year old younger joey person and I'm just like why why am I looking at are this are we doing this great question anyway she doesn't know joey admits she doesn't know where eddie is and harley's like oh my god did you fuck it up with him like what the hell and joey's like go back to school kid like yeah. excuse me like you know and even if like, school is miserable life, life is miserable yeah. so just get over it i know and like and it's like i understand like in this moment if we knew how joey felt like if she actually mm. had a friend where she could talk about it like that would be miserable that you you haven't talked to your boyfriend in three weeks. Like, totally, totally ignoring. Totally, you. that is like that. I feel so bad for her. But that is not like, a good feeling. Yeah, the story we're getting is like so bizarre. Like it just With is you. like what is what? With you on that note, yeah. my note is oh good another uplifting episode, <laughs> like where we just I was just like can these people have fun sometimes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like so interesting because like we were complaining about this so much at the end of season four where we yeah. were like the end of senior year, it doesn't matter how much you hate high school. Know, it is fun. It's so fun. It's you're so done, fun. You're so excited. You're do- and like, you don't, you don't have a lot of responsibilities. Anymore. Nothing matters. And like, a lot of times, like, you don't, I mean, at my school, a lot of times you were, like, you didn't have to go to. You didn't like, have to go to class. You didn't have to just go to school all day. You, like, left at 1230 yeah. or whatever. Or, and like, like, at the last, like, month of school, like, all the IB tests were happening, international baccalaureate tests yeah. were happening. So we didn't even have to go to class if you weren't taking the test. Totally. So it was just, like. And so, but this is like in a completely different way, right? I feel like the like misery of this season, and it's so weird because like the season doesn't feel as dark and heavy and awful mm-hmm. as season four. Yeah. But like, it is like everyone's miserable. Yes. And I'm like, this is the thing is that like, listen, I've been a young person. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Yeah. There is a lot of things that you're like so 
I don't know, you're just a dumbass about, and you're so clueless, and you don't know what the fuck's going on, and that's really hard. That's just a hard space to be in. But, like, you're talking about your misery while you're laughing your asses off with your friends. 100%. And, like, we had had an experience quite recently where our two other friends from college, like, the four of us were together, and, like just sitting with them and like I was just like just laughing our asses off at stupid at stupid shit and I was like this is it right like like this is the thing about people who have like we've known each other for 20 years we went through this part of our lives together and even though we don't see each other that much anymore it's like that's still there yeah I mean the event you were talking about is your dad's funeral my dad yes we were laughing our asses off (laughs) yes True, true, true. Yes, uh, yeah, no, totally. And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, my friend Jen, who was with us, was like... didn't go to college with us. She didn't go to college with us. Yeah. She was saying to me, like, it was so fun to watch you guys Mm -hmm. and just, like, be with you guys. Mm -hmm. And, like, you could see the connection. And I was like, yeah, because, like, we did go through all this together. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we do get each other and we do, like, find each other hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just, it's not a binary. Like, just because your life's miserable doesn't mean, like, you're, it's, everything about it is miserable. Right. And And especially when you're young. Because, like, that's the whole thing about, like, when you're young. Because, like, everything has such high stakes. Mm. And everything is, like, your whole life is on the line. But also, you're fucking dumb and stupid and doing (laughs) fun shit. You know? And 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 you're like, you know what we're going to have for dinner tonight? M&M's, you know? (laughs) Totally, totally. (laughs) We were telling this story about that this one 420, which, happy 420 to anyone who celebrated Uh a couple of days ago. Yeah. But um, this one 420 where I had ordered Domino's. Yeah. And then, like... Our friend, our two other, our, roommate. our two other roommates, they were together and stoned as sh- all hell, uh-huh. and like had ordered Domino's from the same place and like <laughs> from the same Domino's, yeah. and the Domino's was like, "You just ordered pizza," from and us. they didn't know, and they're like, "No, we didn't." No, we didn't. <laughs> and like, it's so stupid, but it's also like hilarious, and yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, it's. I was thinking a lot about this and I was thinking a lot about you and I have talked a lot, like not necessarily mm-hmm. on this podcast, but like about like. A lot of that stuff, I think people forget that college, like, emotionally is really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you're still young and stupid and figuring things out, and then you're on your own and doing it, and, like, there's other things involved, and there's other stressors, like, paying rent and, like, doing things. And... And so, like, I think people sometimes do forget that it's hard, but then also there's the humor, and there's the, like, there is a lightness. And so I think, like, for me, that's what's missing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really felt when Joey's like, well, life is miserable. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, girl. Like I know. And, like, for Patreon, since we're watching old episodes, we just watch, like, when, you know, Joey paints Jack naked. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's, like, so, like... It's a whole complicated feeling about like how you feel about sex and how scary, but how much you want to know it's about it and too. exciting it is and how like you're just grappling with this whole jumble of emotions, yes. you know, and like, like, I don't know, I guess just when we're here in this episode and I've been complaining about this all season, everyone's on their own storyline and they don't intersect. Well, and it's not complicated. Yeah. Joey's feelings aren't complicated. No. How would you feel? How would any single person feel if they hadn't talked to the person they've been fucking for three weeks? But also, you would feel everyone would feel the same. But also that like maybe the reason that he's not talking to her is because her dad, who 
just came back from prison, like, said some shit to him. and like, Or maybe because he thought he broke up with her. Right. And so, like, you know, why isn't there complexity? Mm-hmm. That's the thing, is that, like, none of these stories have complexity. And I guess, like, when... Because wait, just wait for it. My notes... A lot of my notes are like, I don't know, I don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, coming up. But a lot of it is because there's no complexity. I know. And so, why should I care? And there's no stakes. Like... There's no stakes. Like, Eddie's fine, but, like... Okay, so you fucked. So him you a few fucked times a guy for three weeks, and, and you haven't heard from him. I'm very like I'm heartbroken that that happened to you. That he ghosted you. It but sucks. On when the that other happens. hand, like what? It does happen. Like what? Like it what? sucks when that happens, but it does happen. Yeah, like it's just like, well, how do you feel about this? Like, did you think? Like, did you love this? Like, I don't know. Like what? Yeah, with you. Yeah. Anyway, so we head to the aquarium. Where Pacey sees Emma, and she's, like, drawing and watching the fish. Mm -hmm. And he goes over to her, and we learn that Pacey likes to come here on his lunch break, which, look, if I worked or lived near an aquarium, I would totally get that. No, I I completely get this. 100%. I mean, I can take the train to a kelp forest aquarium. Sure. I've done it before. Sure. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But, like, if I worked, like, next door to one, I would totally sit there. Yeah, yeah. So she's, like, killing time till 1 p.m., and he's like, I don't know what happens then. So then it, like, makes her question whether he comes here as often as he says he is. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, who cares? This whole scene, don't care. She's asking him, like, why he's a stockbroker. Yeah. And so we're going to get this, like... Well, we're establishing that they both go to this aquarium. Yeah. And that it's a little awkward between them. For different reasons. And it's a little awkward between them since they kissed. Yeah. So, like, that's where we start, right? You need to know nothing else about that scene. That's where we start. Yeah, I literally was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) With you. I think mine mine said, whatever, who cares? Um, So then we go to Jen, who's talking on the phone. CJ's grading her. CJ! Uh, what he's grading her on her this guy is fucking back Uh like oh my god i thought we got rid of him right and also like okay we got that snipe from audrey to jen but was that how jen really felt that she was mad that like you know what i mean like who knows what is what like what is going on great question who knows so CJ is grading jen on her demeanor as she tells a fake person on the phone yeah how existentially awful life is under capitalism. And I was like, preach it, queen. I know. <laughs> like, with you. With and you. CJ's like, I don't know if he, if the if that's the right answer. He's and a dick Jen's about like, it. he said he's a philosophy major. Right. They, like, bring Kierkegaard into but it. I think told- he's reading Fear and Trembling at a certain point. Okay. Whatever. She totally is like, no, I thought about this. Like, I'm trying to relate to this person. <laughs> yeah. I've actually put in the work, you I know. fucking monster. And he's just like a total asshole. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. What the fuck? Why is CJ here? Are, what are we supposed to think about this guy? Right. I mean, I'm sorry, but I personally think he took advantage of Audrey. He, I, I think he's a douche nozzle. I think he took advantage of Audrey. Yep. I will never not think that. Yep. So, can, like... Can I not Can see we get him? out of here? Yeah. I mean, this guy is like a perv. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, you know, she's like, okay, let's move on because like, I'm going to be annoyed and you're going to be defensive. Yeah. Or like he says that I'm going to yeah. be annoyed and you're going to be defensive. And she's like, all right, well then I quit. And I'm like, yeah, Jen, run. I know. Go. And, like, and never he's look like back. Stunned. Why are you still here? He's like, what do you mean you quit? And you're like, you're a fucking asshole and you're sexually assaulted her friend like right. don't get it twisted you right. took advantage of her friend sexually right. right and like now you're 
you don't understand why this is a weird vibe for her. Well, she's like, if this training is going to consist of you being condescending and me having to listen to it, like, I, you can have this. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. 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 I don't need to spend uh, yeah. my time with you feeling superior to me. Right. And she throws the Audrey thing at him in a way that I don't love. Like, she's like... Says something about like fucking blonde, like yeah, like it's having one night stands with blondes it, or something. It also feels a similar thing to Natasha, where like Jen has a lot of feelings, but she right. doesn't know what they are. Yes, like she feels like this guy lied to her because he did. Yes, you know. Sure. And she also, when she brought up the fact that he lied about like, oh, I don't date, but he like was interested in like dating Audrey. It's like, well. You're a liar, and I don't know how I could trust you. Like, <laughs> it's fine if you don't want to fuck me or date me, but then to say that the reason is you don't date when that is a lie is weird. Yeah. You know? Agreed. And so she also has all these feelings, and she's just like, well, yeah, just, there, yeah there's awkwardness between us because there's casual sex involving two different blonde girls. Right. So, you know? Totally. And, like, I agree with you where it's like, I don't – know what we're supposed to think Jen feels about that. So you're kind of like, why are we bringing this up? Like, I thought you were fine with him not wanting to date you. But I also personally can understand how I would feel if I was like, I'm into this guy and he's like, I don't date. And then he fucked my friend. I would be like, well, then I don't trust you and I don't want to be near you. Because like, if you can't be honest with me about something stupid like this, then like, I don't trust you. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just hate him. My note is like, I hate him. I'm with you. I do too. CJ's like, we're done for the day. And like, whether you come back tomorrow is about you, not me. Yeah. Okay. Shut up. Oh my God. What a Fuck drama queen. Fuck you. What a drama queen. Get out of here. So anyway, then we go to the clinic. He's literally well, using his position of power as like, I guess the manager manipul- of the help desk. Yeah, manipulative. To be fucked up to this person and then being mad at her for responding to his behavior. I mean, I'm with you. Ugh, I hate him. He sucks. So then we go to this clinic where Jen... It's Jeff- just sad because we had to live through Henry and I have to live through this. <laughs> I know. Jen just, Jen does not get a break ever no. on this show. No. No. Let her date Dawson. I know. That's why I'm so... Like, I think, oh my God. I haven't... The two of us I are know. telling you that her dating Dawson is the ideal. I know. If the two of us are saying it. Seriously. I mean, come no, the I fuck totally on. agree. Yeah, and and also when Joey that episode when Joey's painting Jack or whatever mm. naked, Jen and Dawson are like hanging out again and I'm yeah. like sparks everywhere. I love this. Can we get it's this great. as like the, you know, one of the marquee relationships? Totally. Totally. So we go to the clinic where David and Jack are getting HIV tests. And look, I'm very glad they're showing this. I'm yeah. so glad they're showing this. And they've do, showed it before with Pacey, too. With Pacey. Yeah. I think that they should have straight couples go together in the way that they're having this gay couple go together. Yeah. That's my only critique, my only point. Yeah. But I do love it. And David, like, makes this speech about how embarrassing it is when they ask about risky behavior. And he's like, well, I've only eaten carbs after 9 p.m. That's the riskiest behavior I've engaged in. And Jack looks, like, sick about He's like, oh. Oh, yikes. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, well, you know, I have engaged in some risky behavior, maybe. And, like, I really think it's interesting that Jack gets this kind of, like, he gets to be nuanced in this. Yeah. Right? Like, even though we didn't get to see any of No, the... I, that was my point. I was, like, he, he kind of points out how he was slutty and, yeah. like, 
I like that that is canon now. Right. But we didn't get to see it, and we've still yet to see Jack and David kiss, even though we're implying they're about to fuck. Right. And, like, you know, like I've pointed out before, like, the really only, like, elaborate sex scenes we've gotten have been with Joey. Yes. Yes. Like, slightly with Jen... At least Dawson, like, took off his shirt, at yeah, least. Yeah, and Pacey but... and Andy, like, kiss, and we're, like... Pacey and Andy, no, never no, had, No, like, yeah, we're, like, scene. left to be, like, to be continued, yeah. did they fuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of an interesting contrast to the rest of our characters, right? That we do get to see the straight, the hetero couples engage in some sort of sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see Jack, but Jack gets to be slutty and isn't really judged for it. Mm-hmm. And and the women don't. And so, like... Yeah. Eh, interesting. Just interesting... I mean, the white men get to be slutty, like Dawson, too. True. True. I don't think any of them get to be as slutty as Jack does, <laughs> technically. <laughs> sure. But, and I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Paul Gleason, a.k.a. Mr. Vernon from The Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. Um, does Barry Manilow know you raid his wardrobe <laughs> Is a studio exec. And we're in this, like, studio meeting with yeah. Dawson and Todd, Mr. Vernon from The Breakfast Club. I called him Mr. Vernon this yeah, whole episode. Yeah, they don't give him Sorry. a name. I said studio head. But oh, yeah, I yeah. said Mr. Vernon. And then, like, and then Nicole Bilderbeck. Yeah, yeah, who's Heather. Her name's Heather, Heather yeah, Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're all in. So, okay, Aaron. So I want to, I just like, I need to take a moment with this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So principal photography ended on Monday. Yeah. It is now Tuesday. Yeah. And they've already have a full cut. And they... they've already done test screenings. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being there with me. <laughs> that they have complaints from test audiences about the movie that they finished shooting yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, this is the stupidest thing it's I've so ever seen. Dumb. It's so dumb. Nicole Bilderbeck is here telling Todd it needs reshoots and he like fights with the the higher ups and then he's like you know Dawson give me a I need a cigarette give me a light and Dawson's like like, I don't want to take artistic advice from people in Tarzana which made me laugh fair (laughs) I don't know if people know but like when you live in LA like there's these people that stand with clipboards at malls and they say, do you want to see free movies? Yes. And it's, it, you sign up to go to test screenings. Yes. And like, then you write, you watch a movie and then you write down like yeah. your thoughts on it. That's wh- what it is. Yeah. That's how yeah. I saw stranger than fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Oh yeah. Was yeah, it yeah. you and I went, yeah. that, went to that? Yeah. Anyway. So, so he like, you know, Todd's like fighting with them and like Dawson like leaves to go like quote unquote, get Todd a like yeah. a match or something. And, and like, he, I'm just going to say, like, as some, you know, who's born and raised in California, sure. we eliminated out indoor smoking. In, in like, 1996. Yeah, like, it was, <laughs> it was like, when I was in elementary school. It was very early. We were, I think, the first <laughs> yeah. to eliminate indoor yeah, smoking. Yeah, 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 I yeah. remember once going to Nevada when I was in high school. Yeah, and they were like, smoking or smoking not. Smoking or not, and, and I was like, like what? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What? <laughs> yeah. I will say one time when I was a child... Um, I was in Oakdale, California, which uh-huh. is it, on the it, way to Yosemite. It's on the way to Yosemite. It's a very small town where my the Hershey aunt, factory. <laughs> there is a Hershey factory there. Yes. Um, it's near Cal State Stanislaus. Um, and uh, my aunt and uncle got married there and we were at a diner and I went up to a table of people smoking and told them that they were all going to die. <laughs> Which is hilarious because then, of course, for like 15 years, I went on to smoke a pack a day. So, um, although I just realized that I think this year I haven't had a cigarette in 10 years. Oh, wow. So there you go. Yeah. You can do it, kids. 
Um, anyway, so Dawson like calls Todd from the hallway and is like, get the fuck out of there. You are fucking this up. Like, yeah. Get out before you before you burn all these bridges. Yeah. And Todd like comes out in the hall to then fight with Dawson about this. Starts yelling at Todd and he, and like, Dawson's like, look, you're digging a hole. And Todd's uh-huh. like, well, what if I want to do that? Yeah. He's like, I'm in charge. It's my artistic freedom. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, but Dawson's like, yeah, but they're paying for it. Yeah. So it's very interesting, like the sides that these people are on. And like, I don't know. I, I just was like, I don't know if this checks out for Todd. I don't know if it checks out for Todd, and I also don't know that it checks out for Dawson. I agree. I kind of think they're on the opposite sides of what I would think they would be. Yeah. Which is interesting. I know. So, you know, Dawson's like, look, you wanted me here to keep you calm in a crisis, because I keep calm in a crisis, but they're going to replace you, and they're going to reshoot this movie and fuck it up. Yeah. And I was like, is this a good movie or not? I, like, legit can't tell. It's not. (laughs) Right, okay. Dawson has yet to make a good movie, Uh but I want to see them all. I do. If someone has a cut of Sea Monsters from the Deep or whatever the fucking first one is, days, I would... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god every time they read a part of the script i'm just like i need In creek days yes yes if you are subscribed to our patreon don't you dare think that we're getting out of this without talking about she's all that i know anyway so dawson's like look i want this movie to be as good as it possibly can be and then we cut to mr vernon telling todd that they need three days of reshoots yeah and, like, we're going to need to redo the end. And Todd, like, tries to be gracious at first. Yeah. And then he just, like, makes this huge speech about what idiots they all are. And he's, like, leaves and tells them to fuck off, basically. <laughs> it's so dumb. He's, it's like, so dumb. He throws their offer in their face and says goodbye. And I just, I just like, I don't, I don't know if I think Todd cares about his, quote, art. That's my thing. It's like, do you think, I think that Todd would be the kind of person that's like, fine, do reshoots. Like, yeah. I don't want to do them, but like, have someone else do them. I don't care. Or like, or even like, I'll do them and like. Yeah, because I thought it was kind of all set up that like, Todd's like, it's kind of one of his first films and he's. A, like he came from music video. Yeah. And he's like, kind of excited to get into the industry. One of my first jobs in as a PA was as a, a PA at a place that did like a lot of commercials and did mm-hmm. like the all the Michelle Gondry commercials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like and the, it was like post Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. So like he was a big name, but he yeah. was still doing commercials yeah. and stuff. And like this is I mean, that tracks, right? That yeah. like Todd would be kind of like the only thing that doesn't track is that Todd should be doing movies that are actually good. I agree, or, like, have some kind of vision or some kind of, like, element to it. Art, like, street art cred. Yeah. Yeah, and not, like, street art, like, Banksy, like, you know what I mean. No, no, like, a clear vision. Like, that, I don't know, like, a, a lot of the music video directors that transition into right, Spike feature, Jones and, feature yeah. they, like, have, a like, a style, and, like, right. that, that's the whole right. thing of them. Yeah. So then we're in Thursday, and we go to Hetson's class. Wednesday, right? No, I think that we're Thursday? at Thursday now. Oh, okay. Um, Thursday, Hetson's class, he says, since no one is up to the challenge of convincing him that Norman Mailer was wrong when he dismissed all women as unreadable. I know. That's it. Oh, maybe it is Wednesday. That's it for Wednesday. Yeah, it's oh, Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Um, so... I just... I, I just... So I, I need to pause. You yeah. know, I have to talk about the literature. Yeah. 
Hetson is saying that he agrees that all women are unreadable. Mm-hmm. So, so he's read, like, I've read Norman Mailer. Mm-hmm. Has Hetson read Norman Mailer? No. Because Norm- I don't think Hudson can read, to be I, honest. Okay, okay, okay. Because, like, my thing with Norman Mailer is, like, buddy, we get it. You think men should be very menly and me- and women are the worst. And, like, Hudson's class just, like, makes me irate. I just, like, want to fucking launch him into the sun. And Joey looks absolutely miserable. Yeah. And we find out that she got a D last semester. Well, we already knew that. Well, we knew that she, like got a bad grade but he 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 said it was a d it was a d he said it was a d last time yeah yeah and she cannot drop this class though without losing all her credits from last semester which is absolutely insane i know but i was like thank god we get one line as to why the fuck she's here i mean here gina look i see you girl you are doing the most i I get it i I get it was like (laughs) i was like gina at first i was like why the fuck is she here and they give us one line doesn't check out but it's better but gina girl thank like, you we see you and we thank, thank you, you and we praise thank you thank you uh-huh uh-huh you were up against a wall of shit and we <laughs> oh, understand that nothing no nothing but respect to you yeah so she so then joey rats <laughs> out harley and i'm uh-huh. just like like i don't know is this joey <sighs> Like, here's the thing, right? As a person who cut class and possibly at one point or another ended up at a bar mm-hmm. that served underage children. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, fuck you if you do this to kids. <laughs> and also, like, I could see her doing it and being like, look, I think you should just know. I don't but, know if I see this as Joey. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's fine, whatever. I don't want to get into the weeds about it, but I'm just like, she's such a liar. <laughs> True, but she's so like, I think she's so like, let me help this child that seems to be struggling, huh. you know? Interesting. Like, she's so because self-righteous. Because also, we haven't seen her help Audrey. Audrey has said to her face, I'm Totally, depressed. but Audrey is like, Audrey is a grown adult who can deal with her own shit, yeah, Aaron. And, like, unhelpable, because she's yeah, a slut. <laughs> obviously. And, like, Hudson gets super defensive that, like, Joey's calling him a bad father. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, stay out of my life and I'll stay out of yours. And she's like, I thought this might be something... At- about about something other than your like gigantic male ego, but like I guess that's not. So like bye. And you know, I don't know. I just like don't know what we're supposed to get from that scene. I don't really understand. Like, why are we supposed to care? Like, I, it just like it's also incongruent with like the journey Joey's on, where she's like in this position where she thought she was dating someone and she doesn't know if that was true. Right. And then all of a sudden we have to be with this shitty dude. Right. That is an asshole to her. Right. And I just like, I don't like, I, I agree with you what you're saying where it's like, where's the fucking joy? Yeah. You know, like where's her taking shots with Audrey being like, Eddie didn't call me. hundred <laughs> percent. You know? <laughs> yeah, I do know. <laughs> do know i do know girl i was i was next to you in 2002 I know. it's like what that oh we're in 2003 i was next to you in 2003 like i'm just like i'm sorry i just I feel taking like smirnoff raspberry shots we were and- robbed <laughs> of 
of a like drunk conversation between Jen and Joey where they're like Joey's like no you are my friend even though I'm a bitch to you you know I and do. then like Jen's just like CJ's an asshole and you yeah. know like whatever and then instead we have to get this like other part where it's like Hedson and I just like he fucking sucks oh cool in addition to being a total misogynist he's also a shitty father and is now in custody of his daughter right great awesome and like because it's part of this larger undeveloped yet jammed down our throat narrative about daddy issues of joey i just i'm done with it a hundred percent with you with you so um we go back to the aquarium emma and paisley are watching the fish and we learn more about Emma, but I don't care. Don't care. We learned that. Yeah. Okay. I don't fine. care. I didn't take any notes on that part. Her we mom learned- was a piano teacher and all the kids were allergic to dogs. So she likes fish. What the fuck? It's wild. I like, I like processed it and then was like, don't care. Great. Okay. We learned that Pacey likes to come here because it reminds him of his previous life, AKA on the boat. Yeah. And, and um, it's like, it's hard because like, I, I like what they're doing, this storytelling, where we're kind of having this complicated, like, Pacey being like, you know, I don't know, I don't know who I am, and, uh-huh. like, I don't know what I'm doing with my uh-huh. life, but, like, why Emma? I have a comp, I have a more complicated note than that. Give me a second. Uh-huh. In the next scene that they're together in, mm-hmm. I have a more complicated note than yeah. that. I want to complicate that a little bit, because I agree with you, but also, I have something more to say about it. Yeah, because it's... Because we're they've kissed and we're trying to develop like it towards romance possibly. That's my. That's well, the thing. All right, Aaron. Fine. Yeah. Give away my note. <laughs> so my note is like, if they were just friends, yeah, I would have no problem with this. Yeah, I would actually kind of like this, right? I like it that he's coming to her and saying like, because he the thing he says at this point is like, I'm not the conservative person you think I am. Yeah. And she's like, okay, then why don't you stay, like, why don't you stay past your lunch break? Basically, like, call in sick, tell Rich yeah. you're not coming back. And, like, because Pacey's like, oh, that'll get me fired. And Emma's like, oh, what a tragedy. You get fired from this fucking idiot, stupid-ass job. Yeah. Right? And, like, so so my thing is, like, if that romance element wasn't a part of it, like, mm-hmm. if Pacey and Emma were just like, hey, we're kind of, like, being friends and there for each other. We're roommates. We live together. Yeah. Like, we're just being there for each other. There's a way in which, like, I can see myself being a little bit here for this story where it's like, yeah, show me. Like, tell me these people. Tell me about these people. Tell me about Pacey grappling with these two parts of himself. Yeah, no, and that's the thing that I've wanted for the journey of Joey as she's gone to college. Is right. Like she gets to be this other person and someone gets to meet her audrey gets to meet joey potter not little joey potter right not joey potter the mom with the mom who's dead not joey potter with the dad who's in prison you Mm -hmm. know like and that's the whole thing about college and like we're getting that storytelling with the person who didn't go to college which is also an experience that happens and i'm fine with that storytelling totally but it's supposed to be in this building way it's not in the storytelling of like grappling with just that general search for identity that comes from being an adult and leaving your childhood home and not being in high school anymore and you know all of those things that happen when you're 18 19 20 yeah but then we have to have this undercurrent of like pacey might fuck her and it's like i stop can i not like i know you're obsessed on the show with like not having friends except for pacey dawson and joey and they're not even fucking friends right so, like, what? You know, like, people can just be friends. 
and what no one else can be friends with the opposite sex it's like pacey and jen are like super tight best friends yeah Jack and Jen are super tight friends, you know? Like, what? Well, it's like the only people who get to be friends are, like, the homo and the straight girl. Yeah. You know? Like, and and that is so 2003. Yeah, and, like, Pacey and Jen are only friends because those are the two best actors on the whole show. Mm. You said it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cut to Jen, who's telling someone on the phone that since he's had unprotected sex with 17 women, he should get tested. And then it turns out that David is doing this with her. <laughs> and David and Jen have this like little back and forth where she's kind of like, listen, it is very apparent from your heart and your brain. They're, they're both too big for you to be straight. Like <laughs> you're too smart and you're too nice to be straight. Yeah. And I was like, straight men, do you ever get sick of that being your narrative? I know. Maybe stop behaving like total monsters. I, I don't know. Anyway. CJ, we're talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so David's like, you know, she's awesome. And CJ's like, I told you. And I was like, okay, so like, and Jen says like, don't talk to me, don't don't talk about me like I'm not here. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm with you. And like, I dig that CJ and David both think that Jen's awesome. Like, good. Everyone who notices that Jen is the absolute queen. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. You have not terrible taste. Yeah. But I also am just kind of like... I mean, I what feel are we about doing CJ here? the same way I feel about Professor Wilder and Professor Hudson and, like, Eddie to a certain extent. Like, what? Why? Yeah, why am I here with you? Like, and it's fine if C- Jen likes CJ and then CJ fucks Audrey. Like, if she hadn't been drunk, you know? That, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, then to have him be an asshole to Jen about it. With you. It's the same as Dawson being like, how could you be mad about me having a girlfriend? And it's like, what? Yeah, you're such a child that you think that it's bad that I had a girlfriend. I was I fucking someone t- like probably 24 hours before I <laughs> fucked you. You know, like what? I mean, like what? That's so like, it, it's like uh, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and to have CJ be like just such an asshole to Jen, where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like that sucks. That like she's upset about this but at the same time like come on like you know be respectful totally you know like you would feel the same way if Audrey fucked one of your friends totally you know so it's yeah like yes it's complicated and like you know whatever and Jen is rad you're right Jen is rad yeah but also like stop it yeah it's just like duh like I'm sorry but like there is a cultural norm that if you if someone likes you and you fuck their friend the person who likes you is going to be a little bit hurt by that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a cultural yeah, it's just norm. just how it works. It doesn't mean, like, anything else other than that. But right. that person is going to be hurt. Yeah. It doesn't mean, like, you can't fuck their friend or you can't, like, you know, live your life. But you have to acknowledge that someone's going to be hurt by that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And J- so Jack shows up at this point to mm-hmm. grab David. And he's like, you know, David's like, okay, are you guys going to be okay tomorrow without me? Like, you know, and... Jack's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is the only reason that you're here right now and not hanging out with me is that Jen can't get along with CJ? Jen's like, oh, good. You're fucking mad at me, too. (laughs) Like, she's just... Jen's just on one right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, Jack is... Be- Come on. No, no, no. I'm with you. I, I don't think she's wrong to no, be totally. on one, but she is on one. And Je- Jen's like, oh, what? Is this your boyfriend? You Are can't you- even lend me your boyfriend for a second? Is he even your boyfriend? Have, Have you, you even, even kissed? kissed? 
<laughs> Did I miss everything over Christmas vacation? And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to just brush past the fact that ja- Jack was gone during Christmas vacation. So probably wasn't making out with David, but brush. let's brush past yeah. it. Let's get past it. Jack's like, oh, you're being real charming right now. <laughs> like He's just like... I don't know what's going on here. And he leaves with David. And then she snaps at CJ for looking at her. She's like, what the fuck are you looking at? And I was like, look, look, Jen has every right to be angry. These men at these men, I applaud her for yeah. Like, go girl. Yeah. Yes. Good. No, I totally agree. I was yeah, like, Jack, come on. But like their banter is so funny. And their friend moment is funny. It's too. funny. Because we also like in that glean more about how Jen feels and about how Jack feels too. Yeah. You yeah. know? Totally. And so Jack is kind of like, whatever, get over it, you know? And like, well, and, and also, also Jack is like, wait, 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 because you can't handle this shit. I like, I don't get to hang out yeah, with and like, like you're sign- like- you signed up to do this. No one's forcing you to be here. So <laughs> right. you're agreeing <laughs> right, to it. Right, exactly. And like, I also can understand that feeling of like, look, I get that you're upset he fucked Audrey, but like, get over it. Get over it, you know? And totally. like, and that's a totally also a real way to feel. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Of course, of course. So then we go to the studio where Dawson meets with Mr. Vernon and Nicole Bilderbeck yeah. and Todd isn't there. And Dawson apparently set up this meeting so he could clean up Todd's mess as Nicole Bilderbeck puts it. Yeah. And like apologize for Todd like he's been doing all along. And Dawson's like, look, we've been discussing other endings. Like we've talked about it. We can definitely shoot him in three days on a soundstage. It's going to be cheap. Yeah. It's going to be fine. And Nicole Bilderbeck is like, actually, what if you just directed these reshoots? Mm-hmm. And like... We think that that's what maybe should happen. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I mean, like, I could, like, because she's, like, basically, like, I mean, if it came down to it, you could do this. And he's right. like, I mean, yeah, like, I. Yeah, because Dawson is hesitant. He doesn't want to, like, step on Todd's Todd. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, and, you know, Heather, Nicole Bilderbach is like, well, but can't, you could do it right. Like, you right. have the skills, set, you have the, right? Yeah, ability to do it. Yeah, and, and Dawson, you know, in his honesty, is like, yeah, of course, but, like, uh, what? It's not my thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, he's like, she's like, okay, okay, we're going to do this. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, look, I don't know all the union rules. I don't know if it's possible. Like, this might be a thing that would get you into the union. Yeah. So, like, I don't know... I, because I don't know the, the ins and outs of the director. The studio head's like, call his agent. And Nicole Bilderbeck's like, he I don't think one. he has one. And the studio's like, call his mom. Get a permission <laughs> slip, you yeah. know. And like, look, this is like a dumb TV shit that's happening. But also shit does happen like this. Totally. And like, my thing was like, I'm fine with it. Like, yeah. I don't need to like nitpick about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm more concerned with the fact that they finished shooting on a Monday and on Tuesday or Wednesday. They've they had already like, had a, a whole, test screening. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's the bigger problem. Yeah. So then on Thursday... And, like, Heather basically says to him, like, this is an opportunity and you should take it. Yeah. Yeah. So then on Thursday, we go to the beach. Audrey is walking out of a beach party with Jack Osborne. Here he is back again. Her neighbor. Don't forget. Don't forget. (laughs) I wouldn't... I would never. They don't know what day or time it is. Yeah. They're talking about doing drugs. Yeah, it's so interesting because we're getting this, like, allusion to drugs, but, like, it kind of bummed me out that we didn't get to see it because I think we've pointed out before where, like, you know, we saw Jen using alcohol in her depression, but she doesn't, like, 
you know, in the show, she doesn't like go to rehab or have a downward spiral. You mm-hmm. know, we've seen Pacey, like when he breaks up with Andy, he gets drunk and he goes to like the dock and sees uh-huh. Joey. And like, you know, so we've seen alcohol as a crutch, you know, mm-hmm. um, or like alcohol used like as a tool for your depression but not in a way that's like a total downward spiral and they're telling this story kind of with audrey but now they're like oh wait we should probably add drugs to it but we're not gonna like show you her doing or tell they don't they like or don't really tell you that she's doing drugs you have to kind of read between the lines <laughs> that probably audrey's doing some drugs yeah it's so fascinating fascinating because mm-hmm. like because you know, like at the time we had that episode of fucking we know drugs were allowed because we had that episode of seventh heaven where she smokes weed and burns the house down <laughs> is it a weed or is it a cigarette it's just a cigarette i thought it was just a cigarette. oh my god okay, i think that's mind. why we stopped watching that show because it was a cigarette oh my god <laughs> But people are people do drugs on television in in the WB. Yeah, did they? That's what I was trying to remember. I think that they did. Okay. I feel like there was some, you know, there was some people doing drugs okay, on certain okay. shows. Yeah, because it's so weird. It kind of comes out of nowhere, to be honest. I agree. I mean, like, because Jax has, has some line about, like, if you do PCP and, like, rip me open from limb to limb or something like that, like... I'm going to be mad or I don't know something. Yeah. Like Cause that. okay. So what happens is she's waiting for her friend to pick her up, you know? And yeah. like, they're like, why are we doing that? And, um, Audrey's like, well, you're famous and I have, I'm broke. So like, you know, that's, yeah. we need a friend to get us. We can't we, get a taxi. Right. And he's like, Jack Osborne's like, how could you be broke? You know? Yeah. And she, he's like, you spent all your money on drugs. And she's like, don't say that. No, I didn't. But then they like kind of allude. But it's kind of inferred that she maybe did. PCP? PCP? What? Like, what? If she's doing PCP. If someone's doing PCP, we're in trouble, boy. Oh, my God. (laughs) What we've seen on screen is not PCP. No. Like, no way. No. No way. I mean, like, the way she's super depressed, it's, like, more of, like, a opioid. Right. An opioid. Yeah. 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 Or a down, downer of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dawson's coming, we find out. Yeah. Because, like, Audrey called him. That's who she called. Yeah. And, you know... It was no surprise. <laughs> no. And, and Jack's like, well, I won't tell him about the drugs if you make it worth my while. And then she says, you can't go through my underwear drawer unsupervised, which I was like, gross. No, he, she, she, he mentions that. And then, right, but she's like, I'll sit on your lap on the way home. Yeah. That's the thing. And I was she's like, like, I'll wow. make it worth your while. And he's like, can I go through your underwear drawer unsupervised? And she's like, no, I'll sit on your lap. Gross. Oh, my God. Everything about that is gross. We already know that he and his dad spied on her while she would change in her room when she was underage. Right. So, like, it's very dark, this relationship, right. obviously. And on the other hand, like, I know you've pointed this out before, but, like, what happened last summer? That's the question. Like, was she was Hollywood Audrey, like, taking Pacey to a lot of parties and, like, this Doing cocaine to the in the bathroom? Yeah, like, we don't... That's why this is, like, a downward spiral, you right. know? And, like, I would have loved that story. And I would have even been here for the, like, oh, L.A. is where they do all those drugs, which, like... Okay. Stupid. Not that's totally fine. true. Like, yeah, a lot of drugs... I drug, mean, drugs are in L.A., but they're in also LA, in but fucking Boston. They're literally all over America. Yeah, like exactly. what? Um, and it's, it's literally a huge problem that we're all trying epidemic, to figure out. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and just a reminder: weed in America is considered more dangerous than fentanyl. So, 
Yeah. That's that on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Dawson comes down and he's like, uh, you rang? Like, what can yeah. I do for you? How can I help? And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I kind of freaked out and I forgot I destroyed your house. So I called you because like, you're the only person I know that would pick me up at this time of morning. And it's really sad. Right. To be honest. Right. It, it is really sad. And it's like also sweet. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, I like when Dawson is with Joey, he's the worst person I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. But when he's with Jen and Audrey, he's like actually the person he says he is. Yeah. I agree. You know, like I agree. he, sh- she called and he showed up to Malibu. Yeah. I want to like, for and people who aren't in LA, which I know most of our yeah. listeners aren't, that is a trek. That's so far. really far. You have to go on like a mountain road or PCH, which is Pacific coast highway. And it's like, Trafficy as so far. all hell from LA. You're it's at least 40 minutes, 40 minutes away. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a drive. It's a drive. That's like, that's a nice thing. If you pick someone up in Malibu, you're being very nice. Yes. Um, and so she says that she met these guys in a parking lot on Sunset Boulevard. And next thing she knew, she, it was like morning and she was here. Mm-hmm. And like Dawson's like, listen, Audrey, do your parents know that like school started already and like you're not there and she's like no and she's like you know I wasn't and it's like so sad to me that like like I like that Dawson's asking these questions but it's sad to me that like he's the one expressing concern for her right Joey is upset that she hasn't talked to Eddie in three weeks which is understandable yeah she's not also upset that Audrey has not come back from yeah and the whole last semester she wasn't really like participating in Audrey's life and like you know and Pacey was in a relationship with her, but also like, you know, all the, all of the like quote friends or whatever, like, you know, and we didn't say it, but like Jack Osborne does say that to her when he's talking about the drugs. He's like, look, I'm not as judgmental as your college friends. Mm. So we kind of get this vibe of like, yeah, Audrey's told him about like how her friends like totally just don't give a fuck about her downward spiral and are like judging her for being in a bad spot, you know? Totally. Totally. And she's, she says like, I'm really sorry that I drove through your house, but Mm -hmm. I'm like good now. I swear. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't need to be any more mad than you are. And Dawson's like, she apologizes to him. She apologizes. Like she's very like contrite. And Dawson's like, please tell me, you know how stupid it is to get in a car with people you met on Sunset Boulevard. And I was like, I mean, fair. And she tells him she's not going she, yeah, she's like, yeah, I know school started, but I'm not going back because I'm just like, I, I just wasn't ready to go back. Yeah. And so I lied to my parents about it. And yeah. like, and she says, like, I don't want to face the judgment. And like, while I totally understand what she's saying, I just think that we're watching a different story than the one that we've been watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I think that this story with Audrey gets kind of like construed in whatever way they need it to in any given episode because like I think that like the fact that uh, that Joey like I said the fact that Joey isn't also freaking out that Audrey's not there yeah like seems I mean that as awful as Joey can sometimes be to the other women on this show like it seems really out of character that she's not especially in this exact episode they're portraying her to be like a thoughtful person to Harley, you know, and caring about her well-being. So then now that we're faced with, like, her best friend, like, not even showing up to school, 
It's like, what? How Um, long have they been in school and Audrey's not been there? What's going on here? Right. She knows Audrey's not there. Yeah. Like, what? Like, it's so weird. Well, like, we had a similar... One of our friends had a roommate that used to disappear. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time when it turned out that this person, our, our friend's roommate like had gone to Mexico and like seemingly yeah. nearly been sold into slavery. Yeah. Um, this woman was wild. I remember her telling me like, yeah, I was like, where were you all weekend? She's like, I don't know. I just woke up on a bench in San Francisco and the sprinklers were going off. San Francisco is an hour and a half from Santa like, Cruz. What do you mean? She ate some mushrooms and just, just ended up in Golden Gate Park. Yeah. She yeah. went on a journey and I was like, Wow. So one time she ended up in Mexico yeah, yeah, I and, remember. and was like, they had, had a real story about almost being sold into. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, she was in like Tijuana or Rosarita or something. Yeah. 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 And I, I was like, look, like I remember our friend who lived with her, who was her roommate at the time being like, I think I need to call the authorities. Yeah. Like, I and all of us like having to brainstorm, like, okay, what do you do when yeah. this person hasn't showed up? It was after spring break. And we're like, who was she with? And we're like trying to get a hold yeah. of people that know the people she was with. And right. We stuff. had to track them down. So yeah. like, why isn't Joey doing anything near this? Like, why isn't Joey in full on panic mode? It seems uncharacteristic that Joey wouldn't be. Well, that's the hard part that I've always maintained is that like, We've seen Joey be a good friend yes. to a number of people, like not Joe, not, Jen. not Jen, but like to a number of people. And we have seen her be a decent friend to Audrey, mm-hmm. you know? So to see her behave like this whole season towards Audrey the way that she has, it's like either... It's hard to stomach. Yeah, it's like either this is the new Joey and like I don't Oof. like it. Yeah. Or it's fucked up and like uncharacteristic yeah you're just totally writing her out of character yeah so speaking of joey we're gonna go to hell's kitchen where she's calling eddie again and she's like listen now i'm actually scared like i think something might have happened so just call me and it's like 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 you were saying like you know you can spiral but like what like what's the difference between three weeks and three weeks and two days Good point. N- not a bad point. I mean, it's just like, I feel her. Like, yeah, yeah, in this yeah. moment, I was like, oh my God, I, I do feel for her. Like, the I panic. totally feel for her. And I, right. I literally was like, I wish she had some friends. And then I was like, okay, cool. Because she She's, goes to the front of the bar and Jack and David are there. <laughs> to comfort her. And uh, I was uh. like, okay, thank God. At least we're going to get like one friend, you know, like, I mean, I think Dawson and Audrey was a good friend moment in yeah, the previous scene. Me too. But now we're going to get like yet another, another friend, friend moment. And I'm like, okay, thank God. Because Jack's like, okay, did you have any luck? And Joey's like, oh. What, ha, since when have I ever been lucky with men? And I was like, I can name one. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, this pl- doesn't make sense because the whole storytelling of this season is like, mm. oh, this guy fell in love with me. And then last episode, they either fall too hard or not enough or whatever. And so like, I don't like understand what this, like, what are they trying to say about Joey? I do think that there's like this fictional narrative that like the cool girl had of like men just, you know, like, me and men just like don't see eye to eye like I don't have I'm have bad luck with men and that's why I'm such a cool girl like right there was this kind of narrative at this point of like the cool girls like and I think someone's pointed that out I think we did a listener corner where they were like are they just trying to make Joey like the cool girl yeah. and they've changed her into be like a hundred percent you know 
2003 cool girl is. Listen, she is one. Joey is 100% the lead of Gone Girl if Gone Girl is made in 2000, whatever, three mm. or whatever this is. Like, that they're totally trying to make Joey like the cool girl. Like, she's like, I'm cool. I'm cool when men do weirdo, crazy shit that, like, is actually really problematic. Yeah. And either guys are super in love with me or they're not in love at all, you know? And I'm gonna, like, eat the burger and the fries and drink the beer and be skinny and hot and, like. Sing and draw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And be good at sex. And not. Ca- <laughs> Well, yes. do you like having sex? Doesn't matter. I'm well, who good cares at about it. my feelings? <laughs> yeah. Who cares about my orgasms? No yeah. one. Thank you very much. And why would I care about them at all? Okay. So she's like, you know, okay, can you guys like pay so I can leave? Because <laughs> I'm like fucking done. Yeah, like so day. they kind of like start to cheer. Oh no, he'll definitely Jack's like, he'll definitely call. And David's like, Yeah, totally. And like, you know, it's it's a sweet friend moment. It's but a like, sweet friend moment because we like, all know what's happening. Right, right, right. Because they're like, okay, we'll pay the bill so you can leave. And then David's like, oof, that hurts. Like yeah. immediately he's like, he's that like, guy's not calling her back. He's like, like, that was depressing. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. He's like, there is nothing wor- worse than watching someone wait for someone to call them. That's not gonna happen. And then we shift a little bit to and a conversation is, that I love. Well, Jack is kind of like, it will totally happen. And David's like, no one. I mean, have you ever hooked up with someone and not called them back? And Jack's like, yes, I definitely have. And and David's like, how many? Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, Jack's kind of like, well, a few. And he, he admits like, I was a little bit slutty this he summer. Like, yeah. And, and I, like, there was know, a few guys I didn't call back. And he's like, it's summer. You know how it is. Like, you kind of think you like someone and then it turns out you don't. And I was like, yep. Yep. I do know how that is, Jack. Yeah. And like, you know, like, I love that someone is having this high school experience. To- or college experience. College experience. Sorry. Yeah. Totally. 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 Where it's like. Yeah, sometimes you just fuck people. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like fine that you don't. And to have to have watched Jack grapple with his sexual identity for so long, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have him be like, "Well, I'm also grappling with this other part of my sexual identity of like, how am I sexual? Like, not like it, I hate being gay or what kind of gay, yep. but whatever, blah blah blah. Like, which it's a fine journey, but like whatever. Right. Now we're on to that point of like, well, am I going to be a slut or I'm going right. to be like a boyfriend person or right. like what kind of what? Like, now that I am a sexual being, like, what, where do I want to place sex in my life, you right. know? He's answering the Backstreet Boys question. Am what? I sexual? <laughs> Joey, yeah. Joey asked that question in the season three finale, or premiere, right? Girl. Um, some, someone on Twitter. We have merch that says am Someone I on Twitter. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> Good job, you. Someone on Twitter tweeted us like some like ad from early season three, and I started. They were like, "Oh, I love the song," and I think his name is Eric. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "I love this song," and I watched it, and I was like, "Got to the part where Joey starts doing this like doing the thing, and like where she takes her shirt uh-huh, off and stuff." Uh-huh. And I was like, "I watched until that point, and then had to turn it off because I can't watch that." Part. The part's so uncomfortable. It's so bad. Anyway, so. They have this, like, tense conversation, and David's, like, like, he, I think David is kind of, like, are you gonna do that to me? Like, yeah. are we gonna fuck, and then you're not gonna call me again? Yeah. Because, like, we just got tested, and, like, da 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 And I think, like, 
that's a really interesting conversation to me. I wish we got more of the conversation yes. because like there's this part of me that's like, I mean, these two men. So like I said, I do love that they go to the clinic together. Mm-hmm. I do wish that we saw straight people go to a clinic together like fucking ever. Well, I also wish on the converse that then we actually see them fuck. A hundred percent that too. And so like, there's this part of me that like it does feel a little bit different. Like as people who watch the show, which I know David is like yeah, not they're watching this show, basically ha- like, saying like, oh no, only gay people need to worry about HIV. My note that was my note. Like straight people also need to worry yeah. about HIV. P.S. <laughs> yeah. But there's this part of me that likes that they kind of engage in this, right? Like, and that, like, David's like, I'm a little worried that, like, we're going to fuck and then you're going to not call me ever again. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, that is a real feel that fear that everyone has. Sure. And, like, there is a cool... And it doesn't not happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... And there's, like, an honesty to this relationship that they're building that yeah. is, like, cool in the sense that we're not seeing that. Like, you know, we're, like... Like we said last episode, Joey's inviting Eddie to come to her Christmas after like fucking him for like three how weeks. long? We've established like possibly three weeks, you know? Like max three weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, too soon. What's going on? Yeah, don't oh do my it, God. Don't like, do it. Don't do it. It's like a, what do they call it? Like a U Haul lesbian or whatever. I mean, she, Joey is a U Haul lesbian. I yeah. will fucking fight that to my grave. Yeah. And so, like, you know, and as a result, sometimes Zoe and I from Dawson's Creeps will do a, yeah. a whole. And as a result, like of her, you know, living in this narrative she has about herself where like guys just fall in love with her, you know, and Obviously. I, don't, I don't know what happens, you know, yeah. um, and th- she doesn't have that time to like have the like, where are we? What do we stand in our yeah, relationship? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she called him her boyfriend in the last episode, but then like backpedaled of like oh yeah I'm, I'm such a girl and it's like well yeah you are a girl and there is no way in which girls behave <laughs> like there is what like you know totally. so that's so weird but like it, that's fine that you said that now talk about it and don't like dismiss how it do as, i feel yeah is this what we really want to label this are like, you my boyfriend are you can i call I don't you know. that yeah. like now that i've said it i'm embarrassed i said that but now that i have like are you yeah is that what we're doing yeah so Joey then finds Harley at the pool tables. Joey's wearing a bucket hat. So just oh my like, god, I was like, <laughs> whoa! We after a season five hatless Joey, uh, two for two. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it's a real bucket. It's like a real season three bucket. Oh hat my look. god! <laughs> I thought we were done with hat Joey, but man, no, we're not. Man, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, Harley apparently got grounded when Joey told Hudson that she cut class. And Joey's like, sorry, not sorry, but I'm not leaving you here with these like people who think you're 18 and like the possible date are possible date yeah. rapists. And I mean, like, good. Don't leave her there. <laughs> like, no, I agree. And I, I just I'm like, I don't know. It's like a whole mess because I'm like, I can't believe she sold Harley out. On the other hand, like, just because I don't think Hudson's going to do anything. Right, 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 right. Like, Hudson's such a piece of shit that I wouldn't be like, hey, you should look out for this woman, even though what you just said before I told you this fact about your daughter yeah. is that you don't think that um, women are worth reading. <laughs> but, like, uh-huh. you should, like, really look out for this um person who has your dna and is a woman possibly possibly you should look out for her 
I don't know. Who cares what men do? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you know, Joey's just basically like, no. Like, you're coming with me. I'm not leaving you here. Yeah. Come with me. And, like, Goodbye. I like that it's, like, we're seeing the, like, leave no woman behind Joey. Yeah. But, like, I, again, I'm sorry, but it's just so hard after what we've seen with Audrey. I agree. I agree with you. So we go back to the aquarium where Emma and Pacey are watching this guy feed the fish. Mm -hmm. And they have this whole conversation about like why Pacey uprooted his life to work in this place that he's working now. It's super interesting. And this like total like search for identity that like I think is what this show should should be. be about. I agree. And I also like that we're getting this like you know, complicatedness about how he feels and all these moments is like what we've been fucking begging for of like Joey and Jen and Jack, all of our characters. Right, because he's like, I'm kind of trying to be someone else. Yeah, he's like, I don't like that person I was when I was 15. I'm trying to be someone else. Right, he's like, you know, 15-year-old Pacey was like a schmuck. He had a bad haircut. He wore bad Hawaiian shirts. He was broke all the time. And like, he was dumb enough to be chasing after things he knew he was never going to get. Mm -hmm. And like, Emma kind of is like, oh, women. Mm-hmm. And Pacey's like, yeah, but I'll admit that, like, I did get a few of them. Yeah. Like, like, which I do appreciate, right? Like, I mm-hmm. do appreciate that, like, you acknowledge that, like, you had two pretty great girlfriends in Yeah, high and also that it wasn't all bad. That's the whole right. thing is that, like, that's the point of Joey being like, my life is miserable. And you're like, what? It's not. Like, right. I thought you liked being at Worthington and you liked, you know, every, you know, totally. you like this academic thing, you know? Totally. I mean, and, and you know... At, and Emma's like, kind of like, you know, you changed your whole life. I don't get it. And he's like, well, why would people dye their hair? And she's like, well, to upset their mom or to yeah, like yeah, change yeah. who they are, you know? And so that we're kind of trying to like get into this idea of like, who are you once you leave your childhood identity, you know? Right. And Pacey is like, look, like I'm exploring who I am. That's part of growing up. Like... And Emma's like, well, like, who you were at 15, like, this person you're talking about doesn't sound that bad. Mm-hmm. He seems actually kind of nice. And and Pacey, Pacey does admit, like, yeah, maybe he was kind of nice. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I have been thinking about how, like, like, how this stuff that I've been doing has, like, changed me or has, like, made me kind of lose some of this part of yeah. myself. And she then, like, dares him to come meet her in this Hawaiian shirt. Because, like, you know, he had said she... Yeah, because she tells him, she was like, you know, like, what you were sounds, like, not that bad. But, like, maybe you should quit the job and get rid of the goatee. And, like, you know, and that's, like, when she... And get back to it. yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, telling her, confiding in her that he's been contemplating that. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing, like... I think that this is a good friend moment and one that he can't necessarily have with Jen or Joey or any of the other friends because they do know the old Pacey. Right. And this is the kind of, this is why I've wanted there to be new friends on the show. Yes. Because this is the conversation you have to have with someone who doesn't know that old person. Totally. Who only know, Emma only knows slickster, rich Pacey who's like kind of like a, breaks up with his girlfriend, like, kind of fucked up, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Because, like, we've been on the journey. We know what's going on. But, like, out of the blue and, like, yeah. is all about money and, like, has this shitty job and puts up with the shitty dudes in his life to have money, you yeah. know? Yeah. And Emma is, like, a, you know, musician and whatever that's, like, I don't know, you're kind of a scumbag. Yeah, you know? like, this kind of sucks, this, yeah. This person is weird, you know? Well, and you took me to this party and didn't tell me that, like, 
the parameters of it or the rules yeah. of it and like so you've done some you fucked were up shitty shit to me yeah, because yeah, yeah. i wasn't in on this this bit you yeah. know yeah. um and then you you explained to me later but that isn't like you were still fucked up you weren't right right, right. Forward, totally you know? totally i do want to point out that he says like Oh, there were a few girls, and he says I'm allowed to call them that because they were 16 at the time. Right. Um, so not Miss yeah. Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. She's well. Out. It's more of like this idea, like this conversation we were having last season about like women and girls. Yeah, yeah. And like Pacey has a clear de- definition, definition of what those two things yeah, are. Yeah. And it's just like such a good friend to women, you know. Pacey Witter, friend yeah. of women. But yeah, she challenges him to show up the next day with like a Hawaiian shirt and kind of like be the old person or whatever. Yeah. And like while it's fine and I love this like kind of story we're getting, like I don't know what the stakes are for him. That's the problem, right? If they were just friends, if they hadn't had that kiss in the end of whatever, a couple of episodes ago, like I would kind of be here for this, right? Yeah. Like I am here for Emma being the friend and being the person who's like, I don't know, man, like the guy you're describing doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. And like this guy that I'm seeing, like this is the guy that like took me to a party and didn't tell me what it was like the stakes of it were and blah, blah, blah. Like there's this part of me that's like, I get it. And I like Emma and Pacey as friends. And I like that like Pacey can kind of like open up to her in mm-hmm. a way. And like, that's what we're begging for is yeah. like, we want to hear what these people feel. And yeah. Pacey is giving us that. Yeah. The problem comes in that like, they've had this kiss. There hasn't been any discussion about this kiss. So like, we don't know where anyone stands. Yeah. I guess for me in this moment, it's not about the stakes of the kiss or whatever. It's like, give up his job and do what? That too. Like, that's the part at this yeah, yeah, yeah. moment no, where totally. I'm like, wait, what? Like, like, what is the challenge here? Quit your job, wear a Hawaiian shirt, and, and I how think is you, he going to pay the rent? How right. is he going to, like, you know, like, okay, like, sh- if she was like, I'll give you a job at Hell's Kitchen, or I could hook right. you up with Hell's Kitchen, then I would understand what this stake is that she's, like, this ultimatum she's issuing him, you know? And I think you and I are kind of, like, hovering around the same thing, where it's like, you're like, what's he going to do financially? And my thing is, like, what am I supposed to think about this romantic, like, it seems like the romantic pairing is in here somewhere, but I can't tell where. Yeah. Like in this scene, I didn't feel it. I felt in the other one for sure, but right, I right, agree right. with you where it's just like, okay, like I love that we're getting a feeling. Love it. But what is it? But like, I know what the feeling is. It's like complicated about like right, who right. he's going to be and like, or who the trajectory he's on now. Yeah. Does he want to be that person? And like, you can always change the, what trajectory you're on. And so he's like, what am I trying to do? But like, she's not offering him an alternative trajectory. Right, right, right. That's what I mean by what is it? Like, what is, where is he headed? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the question. And it doesn't seem to be, there doesn't, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I don't know if he picks the thing that she's offering him. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, then what? Then he doesn't have a job. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, all she has to say is like, why don't I could give you I could And are they gonna then are they gonna date? Like like yeah like to 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 just like think about what I'm thinking about yeah. is like and then what for them? Like mm-hmm. they're gonna be boyfriend and girlfriend? Like that doesn't seem like yeah, what either she, of them want. I know, yeah. Anyway, so we go to Jen who's in a very cute sweater that I totally would have owned. <laughs> oh, and, and her hair looks so good, which is just like a Yeah, because it's about to go it's real, about to wrong. Go real yeah, bad. Exactly. So Jen's like debunking all of the love line shit by telling the person on the phone 
that just because someone doesn't have a more meaningful relationship with her father, she doesn't mean she can't sustain a relationship with another man, mm-hmm. which I would never bring up except for it's going to be pertinent yeah. <laughs> fairly soon. Um, debunking Loveline's absolute garbage position. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this person hangs up on her and D- Jen's like distraught and yeah. CJ's like, look, look, look. Someone probably walked in the room. Like it's it fine. happens. It yeah. happens all the time. People have a hard time talking about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. I'm going to mess this up. And like, you know, the, the phone starts ringing again and she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't do it. Like, like, you, gotta... you should answer it. It's probably the same person calling back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, 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 no. You got to do it. And so he does. And he like kind of covers for her. He's like, oh no, Jen just stepped out. Like, yeah. you know, what can I help you with? Yeah. It is hard to talk when other people are in the room, like kind of confirming like his experience from, you know, his two years at the helpline. Right. He has experience with this. He knows um, what happens. You know, and like Jen looks over is feeling something, but I'm not sure what and cj looks at her and what is happening would you like to know my note yeah i want to care about this because jen is involved but i don't oh my god (laughs) that's how i feel just like i mean like i want to care about it i really do jen everything that jen is involved with on this show i want to care about but this i just can't and it's like henry 2.0 yeah 100%. 100%. So we go to Joey and Harley who are walking. Joey's walking aggressively. Yeah. And they're, Harley's complaining about the neighborhood they're in. She's like, there's a bajillion liquor stores. Like, this is a bad part of town. And which, like, I wish, where does Harley, like, mom live? Do you think she lives in, like, Cambridge or something? Like, I don't know. If yeah. it, is it in Massachusetts even? I don't who know. Knows? It's just funny. I don't know. So Joey, like, like they get to an apartment and Joey starts ringing the bell and like we kind of find out that it's Eddie's. Yeah, apartment. Harley sees on the like call yeah. list. She's like, like, oh, Eddie, Eddie Dolan. Dolan? Yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't know where he was. You fucked him, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Harley like is like you had sex with him, you, didn't you? <laughs> you? You ruined this, didn't you? And it's like, and I like, don't know. Like on the one hand, like I like this actress because I like Blue Crush yeah. and like she kind of pays the same character 100%. like you know and it's like fine on yeah. the other hand like I'm just like what what is, is this girl doing here why, why is, is she here? here I agree what's going on I agree I know because she's like you know Harley's trying to be like yeah I know how this works like I'm asking if you had sex with him because I know how this works and there's a part of me that's like this is very realistic to 15 yeah 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 where, where it's like it's like I know how all this shit works yeah I'm I know what to tell you I know what you're feeling you're an idiot you should yeah. have done this and then you would still be fucking this guy and you're like you haven't even had someone grab your tits so like Stop. shut up you Stop know immediately uh, and Joey like seems to realize at this moment like that's what she was like at 15 yeah. and like she she has this like kind of moment of recognition yeah and then we get this callback that's like what are you even saying I bet you're a virgin and like, or she goes I bet you're not even a virgin right like you you lost it um years ago to a trucker named Bubba which is a callback to, to yeah the pilot which like you like but you don't care about right it's like a funny callback to like the fans. Yes. At this like, moment. But you're also like, why Harley? Yeah. Because Har- it would only matter if it was a callback to like Jen who had to hear it. You right. Know? Right. And Harley's and like, like, what are you and, talking and about? And to be fair, we've already gotten that callback at the end of season four when like Joey and Jen are walking and she's like, you know, 
um, asks her what number hair dye it is mm-hmm. or whatever. So we like we kind of have already gotten this call back right, once. Right, right. It's fine. I, it's and not Harley's that I don't even like, it. like, what are you talking about? And and Joey's like, you wouldn't get it, you know. Right, and then the apartment, like, someone comes out of the apartment, so they go in. Yeah, and she starts. Joey is spinning about how she thought Eddie was her boyfriend, and like maybe she thought she was wrong, you know. Yeah. Totally. And like, cause they go into the apartment, they go upstairs, they go to Eddie's apartment. Yeah. And then like Joey starts knocking on the door and the door kind of like opens cause it's unlocked. Cause it's TV. Cause it's TV. And there's nothing in the apartment. Eddie is clearly gone. Oh my God. Do you remember us seeing this scene? I Like, did we scream? Yes. <laughs> did we literally yell? Yeah. Because like, I think all of us were like, what if that happened to you? Like it's I one mean, thing if like the person you were dating hadn't called you back but then you like go to their house and they just like are gone are a fucking ghost like and talking like, about ghosting oh right like it's one thing when someone doesn't text you back but like this is like legit. well this was like when that wasn't more of like a social norm you know unfortunately <laughs> yes, yes. so like this is like the most fucked up thing i remember being like eddie is dead to me dead to me like dead to me like i cannot believe this happening like at this point i would be like this guy's worse than professor wilder he's a fucking yeah he's the worst like you just flat out totally disappear and don't call someone and tell them like i just at this moment when i remember watching this at 19 i was like i would never forgive that person yeah no 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 never and you're right you shouldn't. If someone does this, you should not forgive them. Yeah. It's like Joey is so obviously crushed and like we see her. And why is the show torturing her? Because she had sex and she liked it. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, she has tears in her eyes. She's crushed. She's upset. Like she's like, and what Harley's the fuck? And Harley's like, no, we must be in the wrong apartment. Like, no, this doesn't make any sense. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't. You're right, girl. <laughs> so we move to Friday. Pacey is sitting at his desk in a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Rich is like, when I say casual Friday, I don't mean this. (laughs) And she... Uh, An episode (laughs) with Rich and Hedson and Todd. Oh, I know. I know. It's just like toxic men left, right, and center. Because Pacey, like, Rich, like, puts all these files on Pacey's desk and is like, you know, you were gone yesterday afternoon. Yeah. And, like... He's like, wait, I want to go to lunch. He's like, wait, I was sick. And, like, Rich is like, I don't care. I don't get sick. He's like, that's the thing with being sick. And and no one does the work when you're gone. And then, like, what do you... What do you got to say to your coworkers? And you're just like, this is the reason why we don't have worker solidarity. Also, like, I, I just, like... Coming at this from two years, two years and however many months, like Mm -hmm. two months into COVID, Mm -hmm. like, I was just like, that is saying a lot. Like, the fact that, like, we don't allow people to be sick. Yeah. I, it's so interesting because, like, I remember working at the, I mean, at this point I worked at a restaurant and I would go into work, like absolutely deathly ill and i think about it now and i'm like your server was so fucking sick and was serving you food everyone who knows someone who's been is a server will tell you like we all they work so sick yeah so sick and And they're serving you food because they have to because the otherwise you don't get paid or you get fired or you get fired yeah totally 
Because no one can cover for you a lot of times. Yeah. Because they don't have enough staff to, like, cover for you. Yeah. And, like, this idea of, like, I mean, like, whatever. You go on vacation and no one does the work when you're gone, too. Like, whatever. That's the whole point of having work. But at the same time, if a company is going to offer you this benefit or this required thing. Sure. Yeah. No one gets it done. But sorry. How are, (laughs) like, that's the way people are, like. About vacation. America has this twisted problem where people don't use their vacation days. And I'm always telling people, like, you're making less money then. Yeah. You're making less money. That shit's weird. And also, what? That doesn't make any sense. I use, I use all my vacation days. You have days. to. What? Yeah. And, and so, like, and yes, the work doesn't get done. But they should be offered. Like, it, they're only asking you to work 58 weeks a year then. So if there's 52 weeks of work, that's on them. Yeah. The employer. I agree. I agree. It take it has taken me years to get to that point, but I, I'm I am there now. Um, and so I agree. So at this point, Rich gives Pacey his W two. Yeah, it's so weird. He's like super stoked. He's like, oh, I love this time of year. And he's like, Here you go. And I was like, Is it like bonuses? And he's like, Your W two and you're like, What is what is what what do you love about this time of year? Right. So like I guess it's to show Pacey how much money he made last okay, year. Okay, first up. Yeah. Okay. Like I was like I don't under he, and Rich is like it's probably going to say it's probably going to be more in there than when you were a fry cook. And it's like Pacey started working there in August, September, September, and we know at the beginning he made like minimum pennies, minimum wage, right? Yeah, yeah. So the only time where he's making like big bucks is like like the last few months two months yeah how could that possibly be more money than a fry cook of a whole year of a fry cook Uh uh-huh i think that's a great point (laughs) erin i think that's a great point what so you know pacey and emma like we watch pacey like basically stand emma up yeah he looks at his w2 and then we cut to emma who's waiting for pacey and she sees someone who like is has literally a wearing shirt. a shirt yeah. that he has and she's all excited and then she looks at the clock and then she leaves and it's yeah. like you know like i i hate that he stood her up like that sucks and like i get that like probably maybe she doesn't have a cell phone he can't get in touch yeah, but with the her. thing is like what what was she offering that's the whole thing about this, of this i agree situation i agree like, there's no stakes she's yeah like just show up in a hawaiian shirt and da, 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 da. And, and she's he, like i'm gonna show up in the ugliest hat known to man <laughs> no seriously <laughs> and it's like he was gonna show up in a hawaiian shirt but it's still on his lunch break so he wasn't gonna like quit his job yeah. or anything so yeah. like i don't know and like that's the point when you're like this is a weird romance story that, like, I just don't care it about. Care. And I, I it's have like, a- I already had a hard enough time being like, I like Audrey, I like Pacey and Audrey, but like, can we get a conversation between him and Joey? And now we're in this other situation where, like, we're supposed to give a fuck about him dating Emma when, like, I care about his friendship with Emma. Sure, I actually really like it. Yeah, and what like they're he's learning from her about himself and like, you know, and they're like, they seem, it's not a one-sided friendship either, you know, but to have this other, like, Oh, we kissed and like, I don't know what's happening right now. Well also like Emma, does Emma not go to school or work? I have no idea. Okay. Great. But I know that her mom was a piano teacher now. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. I still don't know why she has a fake British accent. (laughs) 
nor nor will you ever know. So at the helpline, Jen is like complaining that the phones aren't ringing. She's kind of like, oh my God, it's my first day and no one's calling and oh my God. And CJ's like, I don't know. Like, think about it. Think about how stubborn people are and like how much they won't ask for help. And how hard it is for them to admit they were wrong. But he says it pointedly at Jen. And I'm like, dude, you low-key raped someone. And that's that on that. So he starts to like, he's like, I'm going to go get some coffee. You need some coffee. I'm going to go get coffee. And like, she's like, no, 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 you can't go. You can't go. You can't leave. Like, no, 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 no. If you leave, then the phone will ring and I'll be here all by myself and I won't know what to do. Yeah. Which like totally is exactly what happens. And then like, we're trying to get this like cute banter where CJ's like, a week ago, you couldn't stand to be in a room with me and now you don't want me to leave. And I'm like. Ugh. Fuck off. I'm puking right Fuck now. Fuck off. So, spoiler, he leaves. The phone rings. He's outside of the coffee cart. He looks in. He sees her on the phone. He's super proud. Great. I don't super care. I don't okay. care. And I just, like, I don't know why she's doing this. I agree with you. Could we have just gotten one could conversation? Could just have her on the radio again? I know. Or that was we, so great. Or could we have just gotten one conversation with Jack where it's like, Like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this because, like, I think I'd be good at it. A hundred percent. Give us one fucking scene that's two seconds long. Yeah, we got, like, we got it with Joey. Like, uh, the reason why Hudson is still fucking torturing us. Right. The throwaway line that we've been begging for. Yes. So we go back to the clinic. Jack and David are waiting for results. Jack's results I love how long it takes. I know. Jack's results so are like negative. Three days, and they have to also have to go back to the clinic like to get person, the results in, in person. person. Uh-huh. What? I mean, I had taken STD test at this time, and that is not how it went down for me. But I don't know how I don't know how medicine worked in Boston. Yeah, maybe Boston had a different <laughs> medical. Uh, I definitely didn't. I know that, I but know like, <laughs> but like, so Jack's like, oh, oh, that stuff, like. You know, the stuff that yesterday is like, are we okay? Is that okay? I really like it. It's sweet that he's like revisiting this conversation. I agree. Like in this honest way that we... It's my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, that we don't yeah. see from other characters that are pursuing relationships with people. Or like, this. we had this conversation. I don't really like the way it went. And I kind of want to revisit it. And David looks at him and is like, do you think that I don't think that you were the slutty one out of the two of us? Like, <laughs> So which funny. I was like a hundred percent. I know this is so real. Yeah. This is so real. Like, yeah, and I was like, I really like David. He's super cute. Like, and he knows what's up. Like, he is cute. I mean, he's fine. <laughs> he knows what's up. He, and David's like, look, you're like really good looking, and like I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, and then like Jack's like, no, 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 like you know, like he kind of Jack is like wants to press it. Like, I don't know. Like, and David's like, shut up. And then Jack pulls him and kisses him. Yeah. And it's like, it's cute. Like they're cute. It's super cute. And just like, I like them together. No, And I like this way that they, they're building this relationship. It, Especially if you contrast to, like, say, last episode when Joey's like, come to my Christmas, you're my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, I'm being a girl. Uh, <laughs> right. Instead of being like, oh, shit, I didn't, I can't believe I said that, but, like, are you my boyfriend? Like, right. Yeah, maybe you're I right. I need to this, actually answer this question. Maybe you're right. This is too soon if, like, we haven't had the conversation if you're if you're my boyfriend or not. But you probably you, shouldn't be at Christmas. <laughs> if you are my boyfriend, then I definitely want you there. Like, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. I don't know. So then we go to Hetson's class where he's yammering about, I think Bartleby the Scribner. Yeah. 
And much like Bartleby, Joey would prefer not to be at this class. Yeah. And Hetson, of course, starts then poking at her immediately. And, like, the Joey we know and love is back, yeah, right? Yeah, he's, like, trying to trip her up, but she has, like, all of the answers, all of the She can answer banter. the question. She's prepared. She's read the story. She knows where... Th- like, she's, like, you know... I know what you're trying to get at. And of course, like this directly correlates to Eddie, right? Yeah. Like the thing that they're talking yeah. about. The part of the story that's true is that no one explains this to the students in the story. And like, you know, the thing that they don't explain is like why things keep leaving and dying because mm-hmm. of course no one can explain death or why yeah. that happens. And so like, you know, it's but just they this can't kind of... explain why people leave. Mm, they can. Mm-hmm. Eddie. Eddie. Fuck you. You could say, hey, I'm going. Yeah. So after class, Hudson gives her 50 bucks for taking care of he's her. He's like, Joey, Joey. Like the, he's like, class is over. Joey, Joey, come over here. Yeah. And he just holds up a $50 bill. And she's like, what's this? And he's like, I know you're poor, but you never seen a $50 bill? Fuck <laughs> this guy. Like, I'm sorry. Fuck this guy. I agree. What? I agree. I agree. And, and she's like, like, what's? No, what the fuck is this for? Right. Why are you waving $50 in my face, you fucking psycho? <laughs> And he's she, he's like, well, you took care of Harley while I was teaching yesterday. And like, you know, he said, like, I guess Harley told him that she was having a crisis mm-hmm. and Joey helped her. Yeah. And Joey's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you being nice to me? Yeah. Like, what the hell? And like, Hetson's like, 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 you're, you're right. right. I am a bad father. No, I will not go on this redemption story with Hudson. I will not. I refuse. I fucking refuse. Well, and he says, like, her mother's gone and her father. And then Joey's like, is this fucking gigantic scuzz bucket? And I was like, here's the Joey I know and love. Oh, my Here God. She is. But they're she trying is. to redeem him. I agree with you. And I think he doesn't deserve redemption. No. But he's like, you know, she, but she says he's likable. And then Hetson's like, okay, he goes $50 a week, three times, like $50, three times a week. And Joey's like 65 and I'll help her with her homework. So like Joey's going to babysit basically Charlie. Harley. Harley. Sorry. So fucking dumb. Everyone's name is the same. Why are we doing this? Girl, I have no idea. And like, I don't know. Like, I, I like... I think it's, like, this thing of, like, let Joey kind of, like, look back on her own self. Yeah. Kind of, like, that seems to be the point of Harley. Yeah, I agree. Of, like, when you're 19, you, like, have... And and I don't disagree with this. When you're 19, you have these moments of looking at your, like... Yeah. 15-year-old self, say, and being, like... But I, I guess I just see, like, Pacey reflecting upon his 15-year-old self without a 15-year-old proto Pacey. Got you. And I, agree I see with you. Joey being like, wow, I've totally made a mess of my life. The girl who I changed my life and was my best friend, I like don't even talk to anymore. Mm-hmm. The person who is my best friend and I could talk to about anything until I was blue in the face, I don't even talk to anymore right it's not gonna reflect that mirror on joey yeah the it's gonna reflect the like snarky snarky really cut off teen yeah and 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 we're also not gonna gonna get a cut offness and we're we're not even getting a reflection on who she is now versus Mm. like who she was we might get a reflection of who she was but not like who she was to other people too. And like who she is now. I don't know. Like, I just think in comparison to that storyline of like 
Pacey and Emma and Pacey and Emma being like, I don't know, the person you're describing, like, isn't that bad, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't think Like, we this are. reconciliation. Like, I don't think Joey thinks she was a bad person when she was 15, but Pacey does. Right. So, like, what kind of reconciliation are we going to get from, like, who she was when she was 15? Are we going to get None. the story of, like, we're not gonna she get was terrible to Jen and still is to this day? No. You know, like, her, her like, the idea of the relationship she had with Dawson isn't really the truth. Right. <laughs> what went down with her and Pacey yeah. is something that, like, needs to be discussed. Yeah, it needs to be thought about. Yeah. Yeah, none of that. No. And, you know... Joey gives Hetson back the $50 and basically is like, no charge for yesterday. Presumably because Joey feels like Harley actually helped her. But I'm like, Joey, keep that Take money. that $50. Take this guy fucking ruined your life. And like, you know, like, we don't get a mention of the scholarship problem. No, that's just brushed under the rug. So Hetson's like, oh, was it a girl thing? And I was like, fuck you. Like, that's what I mean is they're trying to give us this redemption story of Hetson. And I'm just but then like, he's awful. He's such a, why? I don't know. Cause like Joey's like, it was a human being thing, not a woman thing. Like, fuck off. Which like I appreciated. Like there's a part of me that like appreciated Joey being a snarky asshole no, to this guy you because be like, like he fucking deserves it. But she's not being like, I, do, I, I mean, I agree she doesn't with shut you, him down, but she also isn't like. Then I'm, if you I'm not talk gonna, to me like that, I'm not fucking helping yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? She's snarky to him, but she doesn't completely cut him out. And yeah, say like, there's no I'm repercussions for him. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the thing is like, like, I'm just different than Joey. I've always said that or whatever. But like, just to me, I'd be like, oh, oh, get so fucked. you ask my help and you're going to be a piece of shit to me. Nope. Take that $50. Get bent. Actually, I'll take that $50 and you get fucked. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye bye. So the final scene, we go to the beach. Dawson finds Todd. He's at- in full clothes. Listen, Dawson finds. He's Todd. got full jeans and t- sneakers, sneakers on the sand. Mm-hmm. And Todd's like, "You found me." And then Dawson he comes says, up with a surfboard. He, Dawson's yeah, like Todd's in a wetsuit with a surfboard. Dawson's there's like, no waves. I called the surf report, and there were only so many beaches you could be at. Which made me laugh out loud because I was like, it's like 15. If the surf is actually good. Listen, I know y'all that don't live in California don't necessarily know all this. I know, I know. I but know, I I'm going to tell you, if if you're in Los Angeles County and the surf report is saying that there's a break. It's not only one beach. <laughs> it's like 15 beaches and it's like a good 75 to 100 miles yes. of like coastline, coastline yeah. yeah uh-huh that he could be at so get fucked with this oh okay so dawson's like i came to apologize and todd's like for stealing my job <laughs> like he tells him like they called me and yeah. like said that you were gonna do this and like you know i think you're gonna and that's kind of fine he's like you should do it like you took this opportunity do it like yeah and Dawson's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I should do this. Because Todd's his mentor. He calls Todd yes! his mentor. Like, I'm sorry, but what are we supposed to think about this? Because, like, like I've maintained... I have thoughts. I mean... I've maintained that, like, I, I'm not excusing Rich, but there is a general consensus that what Pacey is doing with Rich is super fucked up, and I'm not disputing that. No. But what Dawson... And, like, I don't know if it's just that, like, Dawson 
we've already established is fucked up beyond repair. So no one is <laughs> so nobody engaging. With, He's dead to both of us at this no point. No one is engaging yeah. with his storyline. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. why we're not getting the same push. But like, I actually think this Todd is, I personally feel Todd is more toxic than rich because Todd is something we're supposed to love and we're supposed to, or we're supposed to like find nuance with and we're supposed and to like charming and cute. Yeah. And Oh, well we get it. It's Hollywood. Yeah. He like assaulted a minor. Yeah. But like a Hollywood, <laughs> you know, or like he's like fucking sexually harassing Natasha, but like she fucks her way to the top dark it's so dark that's dark yeah yeah and and you know dawson then is like like todd basically take this opportunity dude you took it like take it yeah you did this take it's it it's not that i like disagree with what Nata- what todd is saying right. i totally agree with that like it's like okay and like i don't even like it's it that's why it's a hard sell with like todd being so wild in the meeting and then all of a sudden being like you do it, Dawson. You go for it. Like, like what? Here, here's what I get. I get that Todd, the actor that plays Todd, uh-huh. is like fun and funny to watch. Mm-hmm. And Dana Ashbrook, who plays Rich, is funny plays, and smarmy to watch. Plays a douche nozzle better than anyone yeah. else on earth. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I mean, he's been doing it since Twin Peaks in 1991. Yeah. You know, like, he's great at it. And so I get that, like, of the two of them, there is a certain charm to Todd where it's like, I get it. Like, he, you see how he can win people over there in a way. There was charm to Bill Clinton. That's that on that. So anyway, Todd says that, like, the first thing you need to do is take a picture of Natasha's face when she's introduced to the new director. I, like, What? Todd fucking sucks. Todd sucks. That's a <laughs> shitty thing to say. And like Todd and Dawson then walk off down to the beach into, into the, the sunset, sunset together. They deserve each other. Oh my God. Like what is going on? And the end. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Hated it. Thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> like I'm so pissed at the Eddie shit. I'm so pissed that Eddie just like disappears. I hate that CJ's still here. Yeah. I hate the weird Emma Pacey shit. Like because I wish they hadn't kissed. Like I that's agree. the thing that I hate. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, you know, and I would like it more if there was or just they like. Had kissed that it was like Emma being like fuck off why are you kissing me or some you know what I mean or like oh that was a mistake woof yeah and like the only part of it that I even kind of liked was Jack and David like I liked Pacey revealing his feelings because I'm so thirsty for feelings at this point you know so I actually really found that compelling yes yes because of the undercurrent of like what is what are pets when what are Pacey and Emma and yeah. like, what are they doing no totally and like it pains me to say this because I love Gina Fattori but like the the problems with the episode I don't think are Gina Fattori's problems mm-hmm. but I think this episode is an absolute tr- tragedy yeah I think it might be the worst episode of season six that we've watched so far it's a bold statement <laughs> I went out on a limb. I don't think it's Gina's fault. I will say that. I feel like the last episode was so much worse, but okay. Um, 
No, I agree. Like, it was just like painful to watch. Obviously, you know, I was still finishing up when you came over. I, I know. Was, like, so couldn't. <laughs> I know. Aaron it. was like, I could not watch this yeah, episode. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. And like, I don't really like. I just am really struggling with the Todd of it all. Yeah. And like, how we're supposed to find like nuance. Todd, rich, him, charming. All of the. It's too much. I fucking hate Hudson. Rich, I guess to me, because Rich is such like a just boring character. He's so it's, cartoonish. It's fine to be on this journey with him because you're like, whatever. There's no, like, we're not supposed to walk away being like, no, but Rich is complicated. Right. You He's know? Not. And the fact that they're trying to make that about Hudson and Todd to me is like abhorrent, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. What? Because like, Hedson is an academic and Todd is a director. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why don't you tell me about drummers? You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then like CJ. Drummers are just always late. They're not necessarily assholes. CJ. Why is CJ here? I mean, same. Yeah. Like It's uh, just like, there's. It's It's the same as Chad Michael Murray where like, they Why are you get here? This person, the story goes south, and then they keep bringing him back, and you're like, "Why are the fuck are you here? What are we supposed to think about you other than get the fuck out of here?" And that's the thing, right? That's the thing is that like, that's what I meant when I I said I br- I briefly mentioned earlier the pacing of this of really the last two seasons, right? Yeah, and that's my thing is like. I think about the pacing. I think about the way these episodes are laid out where it's like we spend so long on this shit that we just don't care about. Like Jack being in a frat and trying to find himself. Like I like that story at first and I'm like, oh my my God. God. By the time it's over, you're just like. Who the fuck is Polar Bear and why do I care? (laughs) Yeah, just like get out of here. Why am I still listening to this? Yeah. And then, and so it's like the same thing, right? And like the way that Joey's dad storyline plays out, like there's just the pacing of it all is just absolute garbage. Yeah. Where you're just like, and with no payoff, like, cause we get this, these points of Joey's dad storyline. How the fuck does she feel about Mike Potter being there? Well, and like, when you look at like what's going on with Eddie in this episode, right? The the logical conclusion, if you just like logic it out, yeah. is that Mike Potter said a bunch of fucked up shit to Eddie. So why didn't she call him? And then Eddie ghosted Joey yeah. because he felt like he wasn't good enough. Yeah. Because Mike Potter said something to him. So where is Joey's feelings and calling her dad and being like, oh, so you just fucking show up in my life and ruin it. Fuck you. I hate you. You've ruined my life. I blah, 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 blah. Like whatever uh-huh, uh-huh, thing you would say uh-huh. when you're 19. Yeah. That exactly. Oh my God. I couldn't have said it better myself. And like the Audrey journey. And the fact that she's only in that one scene where she's like, we, but we were doing a bunch of drugs. I'll sit on your lap on the way home. Oh, hey, Dawson. Like, it's like, yeah, she's a mess. Money. I don't know. And like, I mean, like, I don't know. It's like a CW thing or a WB thing, but like the drug thing kind of fell out of nowhere to me. I agree. Not that I don't think it checks out, but it felt out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I I just wish that like, I would have loved to have that story be real. (laughs) Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if we're seeing her like the whole beginning of this season where we're like, 
what is going on? I don't like, I don't understand what's happening. And then all of a sudden PC finds like a pill bottle. Yeah. Like, okay. All it would have taken of him finding a pill bottle and be like, all right, we're right there. We know what's happening. You know what I mean? And like, not the first time Pacey's found a pill bottle in yeah. his girlfriend's yeah. stash. And like, yeah. how does Pacey feel? Like, yeah, you could put him down this whole rabbit hole. Yeah. Of like, what do you do when it's not mental health? It's actually like, addiction problems yeah, exactly like those two things are different and like totally no i totally agree and what's the like residual effect of like him dating andy and not that like oh my god andy was so fucked up like i don't think that no. but like that like pacey did date someone who had mental health issues and so yeah and for him to like navigate that and be like well i want to get you help and like maybe uh-huh. her not wanting help and like you know like that kind of and the last time a girlfriend went away for help like yeah she ended up cheating on him and they ended exactly. up up i mean like yeah, yeah. there are interesting ways to go totally <laughs> the writing team was just like nah Oh, oh shit. Like, yeah, we're not really sure how she's spinning out of control, but let's mention PCP. PCP. <laughs> PCP. That's a fucking, that is. That doesn't make any that's, sense. That's not a drug you fuck around with. That doesn't make any sense. I agree. You know, like, uh-huh. I don't know. And like, we are in the period where we still, we could have had an opioid storyline. You know, hundred percent opioid, or we could have had amphetamines. Like, yeah, you know, but yeah, like I, I pick just your poison of uppers totally or downers. Think we could like, have just had like a pill popping Audrey situation, totally, you know, with like um, like a you know oxycotton or something like that, or just like my grandmother who mailed people like Valium in yeah. the in the seventies, <laughs> <The> benzos. <laughs> um, so it's like a lot. Who you're rooting for? I mean, like, a little bit Jack and David? Yeah. I mean, I... I'm rooting for Jen. I'm rooting for Pacey because I feel like he's the only person who I got a feeling from, and I'm, I'm so thirsty for feelings <laughs> at this point. Totally, totally. You know? Thirsty and for anyone to tell me how they're fucking doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt like that was such a compelling, like... I don't know, because I, I, I guess just... Because we're watching this, like, side-by-side comparison of Pacey being on this journey of, like, his career... And, like, how he feels super complicated about it. And then Dawson being on this journey of his career. But then, like, totally sliding into a person we don't even recognize. But, like, not even <laughs> contemplating that yeah. search for identity. Yeah, he's not He's not digging into that. He's not digging into, like, what He doesn't what feel it complicated about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and him being, like... He doesn't feel complicated about Todd, which is fucking fascinating. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. No, he, like, full-heartedly thinks Todd is an amazing person. Like, yeah. he thinks that, like, there is, like, elements of Todd that he wouldn't do, but he thinks but, he... But Dawson personally thinks he, Dawson is weird, so he's like, no, but other people do that, and it's fine. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, what? It's a lot. And he was fucking Natasha while Todd is, like, being scuzzy about her. Agreed. Ooh. Just letting it happen in front of him, too. I know. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And, like, just Joey being so tortured for fucking someone is, like... I it's can't. hard to take. It's hard to stomach, you know? It's, like, like there's it's a part much... of me that feels for her where it's, like, God, just let her have a fucking nice time for once. Yeah, like, as much as, like, Joey gets on my nerves, like, to see how much they just destroy her for fucking someone Mm. is so it's hard to watch hard to watch 
Agreed. So hard to watch. Like, I, like, like we said, when we remember watching this episode because when she goes to his place, we I, were like, I will never forget it. Stunned. I she will opens, never forget I, like, it. I like, it's seared in my mind. <laughs> I know. Like, I think for me as like a 19 year old who was like sleeping around, I was like, wait, that could happen to you. <laughs> yeah. You could fuck someone and then go to their house and they like are moved out. Gone. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, yeah. oh my God. I know. Yeah. Like, I remember at the time being like, I mean, I know men can be pieces of shit, but like, whoa. Woof. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa. 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 Yeah. 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 That is so fucked up. It is. It's totally fucked up. It's like totally gone. Oh my God. And you yeah. have no way of getting a hold of them. Like, oh my God. I know. That's so fucked up. I'm with you. Okay. For our listener corner, mm-hmm. this is from Eric from Twitter. Thinking back on this series, did we ever see any good mentors or teachers on the show? From Miss Jacobs in season one to Todd in season six, I can't think of any that were good. Mr. Brooks wasn't the worst, suppose, once he chilled out. But in general, they were all crappy, it seemed. Just odd. Yeah, I feel like Mitch Leary is the like closest we get to a good mentor. Yeah, like maybe Mr. Gold? Mr. Gold. I mean, um... For- <sighs> Um, Principal Green. Yeah, Principal Green maybe is the closest, actually, now that you say that. Principal Green is the closest we get. And he didn't really mentor anyone. He mentored Joey, kind of. And like that, the scene in home movies. He mentored Andy, I guess. In home movies when Joey and Pacey, like, he's like, he's like benevolent when they like ditch class, yeah. you know, and he, his punishment for them is that they have to dress up yeah. as the donkey yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I, I think Mr. Green is the closest we come to a good mentor. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's like to the show's detriment. I totally agree. You know, I think that like, here's the thing. Do I, I mean, as a person who has gone through school through, you know, I have a bachelor's degree. I don't have anything further than that. But like. Well, and also mentors don't necessarily have to be educators. No, 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 totally. But like if we're looking at the educators on the show, because yeah. a lot of the mentors do come as educators. Yeah, yeah. Like th- I would say that the vast majority of my teachers were much more in the positive column than the negative column. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I, I mean, there were negative ones. There but... were negative ones, but those were few and far between. Yes. There obviously were some that were just like, whatever. Yes. You know? And then there were but some like, that were there great. There were some were great. Yeah. But like the degree to which we've seen the negative mentor, like I actually just don't know anyone who's had that many people <laughs> in their lives that were like negatively mentoring Like that them. shitty. Yeah. Totally. And I think that, like, there's this part of me that looks at, like, you know, as a person who has spent a long time in a particular career, who has a lot of people around her, like, I, you know, I've had mentorship from a lot of different people. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm, like, there are certain people that, like, they they play different roles, Mm -hmm. but, like, very few actual negative people in front of me where it's like, this is a negative experience. And I think, I mean, that's kind of like, like piggybacking on what I was saying where, and what we've been talking about, what we talked about with season four. And now what we're talking about right now is that like, there's this way in which like the negativity feels like really burdensome. Like at this point, like 
it feels like it weighs us down. Yeah. Right? Like there's no positivity. Yeah. There's not one good mentor to compare it to. Like, I think that that's why it contributes to people thinking Todd might be a good mentor when it's like, we're going to turn a blind eye to him sexually assaulting a minor. Like just, and just admitting it and thinking it's fine. Yeah. At a Christmas table to strangers, to strangers. Uh Like Bessie's never met this guy. What? Doug is a fucking officer of the law. And doesn't arrest presumably, him. Presumably a mandated re- mandatory Ma- reporter. I know. Yeah. So like, what? We're supposed to be like, oh, no, but he's a good mentor to Dawson. But he's actually Dawson. a good guy. Yeah. Because like, he mentors Dawson, I guess. Like, you know, like, and I don't know. I, I agree. Yeah, just, just get like, out of here with it's that. It's so hard, you know? I mean, I obviously think that like, in some ways, like Bessie and Gail are good mentors. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that there is like a way in which we don't like label the roles in which they play as mentorship, you know? Um, but like Gail was certainly a mentor toward Jen in season two. Sure. You know, and like even just thinking about Bessie being like, girl, Joey, what did you think was going to happen when you went to prom with Dawson? <laughs> like, you know, and like give me a problem. And Mitch, I can solve. And Mitch has his moments of like real yeah. wisdom, you know, in, in, um, in Pacey's uh, weekend life. in the country, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like know. he has moments of real wisdom, and in the in the episode where his funeral is, I can't remember the name of it, but like in five hundred four, yeah, where like the longest day is that? It? No, 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 that's yeah, not yeah. the longest day. Yeah, it's like longest day. yeah, never mind. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. Five hundred four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's five hundred four. He like, you know, you see them flash back on these yeah. moments of like real mentorship that yeah. he gave all of them, and so like I think yeah, Mitch, Gale, Bessie, those are I the mean, people. I mean, even Grams, yeah. yeah, like those are the people that actually give mentorship. Mm-hmm. But like we're not, they're not portrayed as mentors. No, no, definitely. And so yeah. like that's that's interesting. Definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. and the ones that are like. I mean, I guess there was that one, and for one episode to Joey, the businesswoman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was her name? So she was on Party of Five. Yeah, I, don't I remember forget her, her name. name yeah. She was yeah. in one episode, and it was so long ago. Yeah, the architect. Like, yeah. yeah, they were like the strong businesswoman, yeah. you know, and she kind of like. And provided. Bessie was kind of hurt that, just, yeah. that Joey didn't come to her for it. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. then like dismissed. Bessie's like you know business sacrifice and you know and business experience for that too um yeah I it's it's hard because like it particularly in this season because every single one of our characters has an experience with a bad mentor Mm -hmm. because like Joey obviously has Hudson and like Dawson has Todd and you know there's Rich for Pacey but then like CJ. CJ is mentoring Jen. Mm-hmm. And then also that guy, Professor Friedman, was like mentoring Jack, Jack in this weird, like, pseudo, like, sexual thriller way, you know? Um, it was basically basic instinct, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know. And it's hard yeah. because, like, I just don't think that that's true. And I also think that, like, it's boring when everyone's having the same experience. I agree. So it's like you want to have varied experiences. That's why in this episode, like watching Jack and David kind of pursue a like more healthy communicative relationship, uh-huh. you're like here for. Yeah, totally. Because you're like, great, love. Totally, this. go get tested, boys. Yeah, yeah. And like go 
and admit and you like were, admit you were slutty and you're pursuing something else and like yeah. admit that you knew that and you're fine with it yeah. you know and like totally. i love that so like especially since like we're seeing the the other side of like not admitting your real feelings and like i'm not saying that like the the result of not admitting your feelings is a total ghosting always but that is what happens to joey yes you know and at this point and i I don't think that's fair or just but like that is what we're seeing you know exactly and like again i'm like does eddie think he broke up with her but at the same time like if he's calling her he should call her back totally yeah, she's calling, she's calling him. him yeah 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 he should totally. call her back totally you know and like d- be like let after- me clarify <laughs> oh shoot like i know you keep calling me but i kind of thought we were broken up yeah you know i just can't imagine no same like yeah but i at this point like eddie's dead to me no totally this is yeah yeah this is there's no coming back from this there's no way you can root for him agreed like are you kidding me agreed oh my god um okay sorry let me pull it up from for our arden artist this is from anna Uh. i just wanted to weigh in on the arden artist section i grew up absolutely loving harry potter Mm. like a lot of other people around the world it was escapism in my in its purest form i remember being a kid and not being able to wait until my 11th birthday when my Hogwarts acceptance letter would come in the mail. Spoiler alert, it didn't. It didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tears were brought to my 10-year-old eyes when I visited Harry Potter World at Universal. Mm. It was the it was what really sparked my love for reading, and every now and then I find myself inevitably going back to read one of the books or watch one of the movies. Uh-huh. It's one of the only pieces of art that has reached multiple generations. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. It's one of the yeah yeah and i'm not sure if you've seen it but it was a popular thing around the year around a year ago for some people from my generation to shift into the harry potter universe if you're unfamiliar with the concept of shifting i recommend some research because it's actually very interesting but i'm going off topic But J.K. Rowling has proved to be an absolute piece of shit these past few years. True. With her remarks about trans people, I found myself questioning my devotion to the book series and films. I don't know if I necessarily believe in cancel culture some of the time, but Rowling is really one of the celebrities I feel like I can no longer support. Uh I know a lot of trans people, and supporting someone who thinks so lowly of people I care about just doesn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have felt conflicted as well because Harry Potter is a big deal to a lot of people all around the world. Yeah. Even going back to the books, I find a lot of problematic themes regarding certain characters of color and queer coded characters mm. who Rowling absolutely made straight for convenience. But I. <laughs> and Dumbledore. I know. But I think I've come to a solid conclusion about my feelings after watching Harry Potter 20-year reunion special early this year, Mm. which Rowling wasn't really in. She was only mentioned about 10 times and two or three old clips of her were used. Yeah. 
Seeing all the actors come back made me feel oddly old. <laughs> okay, Anna. <laughs> She's in college. So. <laughs> Anna, girl, we hear you. We hear you. We've been there. Even though the first movie came out before I was born. Oh, girl. <laughs> okay, it we came were out in when college. We were in college. <laughs> <laughs> and they all had such positive feelings about the franchise. I know Daniel Radcliffe and other actors have since denounced her remarks and a lot of fans can't stand with her. I'm one of them. I think I realized that she doesn't own Harry Potter anymore. Sure, legally, yeah, I guess she technically owns the rights. Sure. But what the fans and the actors have done with the characters are much more special than she could ever do. So many people worked so hard on the movies, they simply don't belong to her anymore. Through outlets like fan art and fan fiction, don't knock until you try it. Fans have Girl, done. I know the Draco <laughs> Harry fan fiction. I know all about. <laughs> I haven't read it, but I know all about it. Fans have done so many great things with the characters. There's a lot about this series that I don't even consider canon because Rowling did such a shitty job. Sometimes, sometimes they forget that she created the universe and how little I think of her when I go back to Harry Potter. Anyway, I ranted long enough. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Trans people deserve to live their lives with respect, just like every other person. Okay, first of all, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And and I was a pretty big Harry Potter fan. I, I You know, of course, I'm much older than... I'm so sorry. What's this person's name? Anna. Anna. I'm so sorry than Anna. <coughs> I'm much older than Anna. I think we're the same age as Harry Potter. Are we? Either him or Ginny, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so when I was a freshman in college, <laughs> the first Harry Potter movie came out, yeah. mm -hmm. and I remember my own personal experience with Harry Potter, and you know, feel free to share yours, is that I I fought it for a long time. I, I was like, I'm not going to read that. That's fucking kids' books. Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then the, su the summer before I moved into the dorms in college, I had, it was like right before I moved into the dorms, I'd packed up all my stuff. So I didn't have a lot of books available. Mm -hmm. And my mother had read all the, all the first books four. that were out at the time, which were the first four. Yeah. And so the first four were at our house and I was like, I need a book to read. Yeah. And so I just like decided one day, like, okay, fine, I'll try this. And I read all four, like, so back to back fast. to back to back, yeah, like in yeah. like a few days. Yeah. Um, and then I would read them, I would read them as they came out. And the seventh book, I did work at a bookstore. So mm -hmm. I, I was um, there for the book launch. Yeah. I remember dressing as Hermione for the book launch. Um, but um, so, I, so I have a relationship to Harry Potter. I was not a child when I read it. So I think sure. that like my relationship to it is slightly different mm -hmm. um, than people who read it as kids. And, and I understand that like that is something that oh, you hold so near and dear. Um, those books that like made you readers. And I, and I will say as someone who works in book publishing, there is such a generation of kids who like Harry Potter made them readers. Yeah. And like and we, adults too. Adults too. But like, we owe so much to that. And like, I don't think anyone in publishing takes that for granted. Mm -hmm. That being said, I will also say that like, and I've brought this up a couple of times, but one of the things that I question about our art and artist section, and one of the things that I kind of like, I get stuck on myself is like how nostalgia plays 
I think it plays such a big role in this conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, and we are two people who do a podcast about a TV show from the 90s. It's not as though we are inured to the the lure of nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so, like, I think that there's a nostalgia factor, too, of, like, this thing that meant so much to you as a kid, how can you let it go? Mm-hmm. And I think that, in part, you don't have to let it go, and in part, you change the narrative around it, and you change how you feel about it. I mean, I, I think a lot about... Um, the go- the um, are they the goblins? Are they called goblins? The people who work at um, Gringotts Bank. Yeah, goblins. Goblins. Yeah. That are like so Jewish coded. Yeah. Like they have the big noses and they're like, I mean, it's pretty. It's it's anti-Semitic. <laughs> yes. <as fuck. laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, both the description in the novels and the actual portrayal in the movies mm-hmm. is like anti-semitic mm-hmm. I, I mean there's no way around that and so like okay how do you well also even in the book it's not like multicultural necessarily like the movies do ha- like cast some of the characters as like black and south asian yeah but in the book it isn't really necessarily outright it's not outlined. i guess there is like cho is cho chang yeah it's which like is like chinese of descent i mean it's yeah. like, or like come on Hong Kong yeah yeah and then like she has JK Rowling like there was a time before she got real turfy on the internet where sorry and that is if for people who don't know that's trans exclusionary radical feminists so that's people who consider themselves feminists but don't think that trans women are women um, and on this podcast our idea is that like fuck of course people. trans women yeah. are women fuck those people yeah. they're fucking wrong yeah um, is terrible. Yeah, yeah trans women are wonderful and like they are women and yeah. they are like you know your gender isn't based on your genitalia exactly they are welcome in the sisterhood and hello and we're so glad you're here yeah. um so so like you know jk rowling's turfiness before that kind of came to full head she was doing this thing on Twitter a lot where she was like rewriting Harry Potter. Like, mm. like people would ask her questions and then she would be like, well, Dumbledore is gay, obviously. And you were like, well, I mean, is it obvious? Cause like you did not write that into yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, so there was that too, where it was like the inclusion kind of like came secondhand mm-hmm. and like, okay, maybe you thought that in your head that like Dumbledore was gay, but you did not write that into the actual text yeah. of the novel. And so I think that that's interesting, too. I mean, my thing is, like, personally, my relationship with Harry Potter, and I'll just talk about my own. I have given away all my Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. I do not reread them. Um, I have, at the beginning of the pandemic, I did rewatch all the movies, Mm. Um, partially because there was just, like, not a lot to do as Mm. we were locked inside. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's better fantasy. Definitely. (laughs) And I think I get that Harry Potter is a way to like a door opening to that world. I think that like there is a lot that's good about it in that it does like particularly with the character of Harry and the character of Hermione like let you kind of like as the reader come into this world and like understand how to be yourself and how to be Mm you know, like embrace yourself. I think there's a lot of that in the novel and I think that's very important. Yeah. 
And I, I would never judge anyone for reading and loving Harry Potter. I get it. I totally yeah. get it. And I think it's so interesting how much of the lexicon, like even me personally, like as we've sort of like changed our language about um, like the idea of like a spirit animal, mm-hmm. where like that is something that's like, if you're Native American, you can talk about that. But like for me as yeah. a white person, like that's not something that I really feel comfortable like calling something. Yeah. Like, so now I call something that maybe 10 years ago I would have called my spirit animal. Your I call Patronus. it my Patronus. Yeah. And it's like, there's this part of me that's like, listen, there, that JK Rowling invented some kind of lexicon that we all have mm-hmm. adopted in a way. And like, I don't think that like that her shittiness negates that. Mm hmm. But also, I think that we can be totally open about, like, how shitty she actually is. Yeah, totally. And, like, like, the same as Walt Disney. The same as Walt Disney. And, like, not, and not, like, like, the new Harry Potter movies that have just come out. Like, is there one that's coming out or just came out? I think it's already out. Oh, is it out? Like, I have no desire to see that. Yeah. The Atlant- I, I read The Atlantic and th- they review movies and they were like, stop trying these movies. Stop making these movies. <laughs> and I get why, I, I get that like there's some like, you know, monetary reason to make them of like, oh, it's my, it's, you know, a Harry Potter adjacent film. So like I X mean, number of people yeah, will see that. Universal but... paid so much money for those rights and they yeah. thought they were buying a franchise and then J.K. Rowling like just like torpedoed it. it. Yeah. I yeah. honestly, I can't believe that Universal hasn't shut her down. Yeah. That's the thing that really. Yeah. I can't believe Universal hasn't been like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tweet. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But I, but I get it. And I think that like, I think it is complicated and I think that there's a way to feel complicated about it. And I think that like, we all should feel complicated about it. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't take away from what it meant to you as a child. Mm-hmm. And also as an adult, I mean, look at Dawson's Creek. Like that's what we're doing here. Right. Like this show meant so much to us as young people and looking at it as older people, there's so much that it's like, I keep coming back to and thinking like, what did it mean that we were like indoctrinated with this mm-hmm. shit? You know, what did it mean that, like, I had to watch every single female on this show have sex and then be punished harshly for Mm -hmm. it? Like, and we didn't get to watch, like, a decent female friendship. And we didn't get to watch a decent female friendship. And this was, you know, the number one show for our for our age group, right? Like when we were young and in high school and trying to figure our shit out. And I think that like that doesn't take away from the importance of it. And also we have to be honest about what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. I think the same goes for Harry Potter. Yeah. I think JK Rowling's shittiness doesn't take away from the importance of Harry Potter and doesn't take away from particularly the importance of Harry Potter for people who grew up with it. Mm -hmm. And I also think that, like, there's a part of me that looks at Harry Potter and looks at her kind of, like, shittiness and, and goes, I do wonder how long it's going to last. Like, how long people... going to last? Like, if young people now are going to be like, whatever, fuck that lady, I'm not even going to read that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. as a person who works in publishing, I know how much that book sells. So yeah. <laughs> it's not... We're not there yet. Yeah, for but, me, it feels so similar to Walt Disney. Mm. Because, like, 
I remember learning about Walt Disney being like racist. A real racist. (laughs) I I actually have a book coming out that I'm selling that's Uh about Walt Disney, like about a strike, an animator strike that happened during the golden age of Disney or the Renaissance, you know, or not the Renaissance, the golden age. Uh And he was so anti-union. Yeah. So anti-union. Yeah. Um, And like, you know, I grew up, like a fan of Disney sure. and like also like I went to Disneyland every week sure. and like I you know like there is a certain group of people like area of people that grow up in Southern California that like are big Disney people, people. Um, and I'm sure that's everywhere but it, it is a, also uniqueness to you know, um, areas that are near Disney Disneyland. resorts. Yeah. yeah. Like even in LA, there's people that are like obsessed with Disneyland. Mm. Um, so like, and then you find out like, Oh wait, what? Like, I remember my dad being like, Oh yeah, that he's super racist. And some of his movies are like, they don't re like, they don't make them any, like they've been made, but they're like <laughs> in the quote archive and, and they're not coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Specifically song of Solomon. Yeah. Um, and, song of the South. Song of the South, sorry, yeah. 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 And um, in addition to, like, you know, the Scarecrows and mm. in, in Dumbo and stuff like that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what? Um, because, like, you know, you kind of grow... You grew up with Disney and you are also mostly familiar with, like, the movies that come out, like, at a certain era around, yeah. like, when you are a child. Um, and then we... Julie and I grew up during the Renaissance, mm-hmm. so like it was Aladdin was the big racist one, yeah, and Pocahontas, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, and so we grew up with like specific movies, um, yeah, that you know we didn't know about, like maybe all of the like horrific things, and you also don't know what you're really watching and stuff like that. And the sad one, like Dumbo, is too sad. So I only saw it once as a kid. I was like, "Fuck that! That shit's too sad." Oh, I watched it a lot. Uh, yeah, Dumbo, like those old ones, Dumbo, Bambi, Pinocchio, too fucking. Sad. Pinocchio, I used to watch so much that I would watch it in reverse as I rewound it. Mm, that was like mine. You're psycho. It's psycho. It's psycho. <laughs> My mom always, she's like, "Your dad knew all the." the like mistakes in the movie there's like certain mistakes mm-hmm. in the movie she's like you watched it so much that he knew exactly where each mistake was oh my god Those, that one's yeah. too scary I would watch sad. it like multiple times a day Pinocchio. Um, mm-hmm. I remember my mom saying um, Bambi was her favorite Disney movie and me being like I don't trust this bitch yeah that is too sad <laughs> I think that was the way to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> what but like it feels a very like this sure. thing with J.K. Rowling, which which I totally agree. And I, like Julia said, like I remember when I did my internship for high school because we had to do an internship at my high school to graduate, and I did it at elementary school. Mm-hmm. And like all the ki- sixth graders were reading, it must have been the, the, right before the fourth book came out. So they're reading so Azkaban. They reading, of Azkaban. It was like the fourth one was coming out, so they were reading all of them in prep, pre- and it came out that summer while I was on my internship. Yep. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so, and then like you read it and you're like, well, it's an easy read and whatever, and it, the story is compelling enough. So we also have the experience that maybe Anna doesn't have, where we got to like, like read the books when they launched and be part of that other part of it, where yes. it'd be like at midnight come get the fifth book or whatever we never did that but like i remember it happening you know i mean i the fifth book i ran the seventh one at midnight go in santa cruz when the fifth book came out i didn't go to the midnight i read the fifth book i read 
when I moved to London. Okay. I read it. Yeah. And then the sixth book I read on a flight to India. Yeah. And then the seventh book was when I w- worked at yeah, the bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got that experience. And also when the first movie came out, we were in college. So I remember going to see it. Yeah. Um, and like, I agree. Like, I remember when one of the books came out, it must have been the sixth book, my boyfriend at the time being like, oh, I was like, I want to get this book. And then he was like, what? And I like, he read all the other ones and he gave them to his brother and his friends. And like, his mom was like, oh, thank you for getting my sons into reading. And I was like, I mean, you're welcome. Like, okay. But also like, yeah, that that's the whole point of these books, you know? And I think that there's something to be said to the fact that JK Rowling wrote the books for like, the first one is written for like a 13 year old. And like the, it, it like expands in the style in the same age that he is. And like, I don't know, it was, I always thought that was like such a super talent that she did and like a cool way that she did it, you know, that like it becomes like more mature writing style with the character as well. So that's really cool because I've read other fantasy books, YA, and they don't do that. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because you're all like, for me being so old, it's easy to be like, "Fuck that, done," you know? <laughs> yeah, because we read it at a at a time when we weren't as impressionable. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you told me to you know, write off the Phantom Tollbooth or, or, um, Shel Silverstein or go ask Alice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that like, I think you and I would have much bigger problems yeah. with, yeah. For yeah, me like, that where the sidewalk ends Shel and for you, we'll go ask really Alice. Hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, and I think that there's like, and I, and like I think Lois Lowry for me would be really hard. Lois Lowry. Yeah. yeah. And I think for like, uh, I think that there's like this thing where, and this is where I, this is where I talk, where I think about nostalgia is like thinking about our nostalgia around something. Cause I do think that's part of the issue, mm-hmm. right? Is it's like the, our younger selves, ourselves that like feel like this thing was such a piece of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and was such a piece of like building us into the person that we are now. And I, and I don't think that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that these things are pieces of us and they did build us into the things they are now. And I also think at the same time, grappling with the places that they fail mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. And so I don't think that like, can't like quote unquote cancel culture mm-hmm. is like Which the is answer. language of the right. Yeah. It is a language of the right. Yes. And, and, and I don't think that like saying like, you know, my thing is like, I don't give a fuck what JK Rowling is doing right now. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is grappling with work that she did over 20 years ago Mm -hmm. to about 18 years ago. I guess 2007 is probably the last, when the last book came out, I want to say. So you're talking about dealing with things that are over 15 years old. But she had those other books. But do you care? Does anyone care about those? I'm not in the universe, so. But I do think they do. I, okay. Because they're making all those movies. Yeah, but I think they're just doing that because they, yeah. you know, they want to try to make money. Yeah. Also, they cast Johnny Depp in one of those movies, which was problematic. Fuck him. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's problematic on many levels. I think if we're just going to deal with the texts of Harry Potter, the, the seven books of Harry Potter and the, the eight movies of Harry Potter, 
my thing is like, I think that there's plenty to grapple with. I get it. I mean, I think whether or not you're giving JK Rowling money is a question for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A question for each individual person. At this point, those books exist in such a way that like you can get them at a used bookstore and not give JK Rowling any money. Or your library. Or your library and not give JK Rowling any money, like very easily. So like if you don't want to give her money, don't give her money. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um easy to to accomplish. I think it's more like how do you feel like things that are problematic can have shaped you, you know, like, like it's okay. I mean, Dawson's Creek shaped us and that's okay. And that's like, it is though. This is a problematic text. It's part of the reason why we do this podcast and why Mm -hmm. we talk about it for so long every week is like, it's problematic. The text itself is problematic. And so is Harry Potter. Yeah. I guess what I always circle back to is the way I feel about Michael Jackson and one of our listeners brought it up for this segment is that like when someone confides in me, I don't feel comfortable with this because I was sexually abused as a child. Then it's like, well, if you're confiding that in me, you're brave enough to say that and speaking up for the people that aren't confiding that in me. So I want to create a safe space for the people that might feel that way around Michael Jackson playing in my home or my car or any place where I am. And they don't feel the strength to say that because I don't think that that victims need to re to do that, you right. know, like, and I think that that's part of the break, like as being an ally to victims, <laughs> that's part of the, you know, like of you honoring that bravery. And so if like, this is the point in which where I feel like this to me, JK Rowling is abhorrent. And if trans people are like, don't fuck with her, I wouldn't fuck with her. Yeah. You know, and that's like kind of where it boils down to is like part of the complicatedness for me as like a white cis, you know, mostly straight woman. I don't need to take up space in this. I like personally feel like I agree that like it meant it means a lot to people and I respect that and I understand that and I know what what they're saying. But, you know, when I know trans people are just like can't get out of bed in this current moment where they're just being victimized by our government left right and center left right and center it's like well you know my my feelings on jk rowling don't matter exactly and like also like my feelings on the nostalgia i have from my childhood don't matter because like it's like about like i agree in this sense like i know you've said like oh i have so many feelings towards michael jackson so like that and i it's not that i don't but i'm like yeah but it, it, i don't need to hold on to those at the expense of like someone's pain you know and so for me it's easy to be like well (laughs) I'm so lucky that I get that nostalgia without pain and moving forward I don't need it anymore you know and so that's like how I personally feel about JK Rowling and you know the fucking sucks you know and I think that like taking allowing there to be nuance and complicatedness about like her and JK Rowling and who she represents and everything. It also closes the door to allowing more people to take up the YA space Mm. and to, you know, create new, like what she did was amazing, but like, it wasn't like a never in that it's not like it can't happen again like you know it's like george lucas made up a whole universe of star wars <laughs> you know so like it's like those things can happen sure. and like you know just say giving her the gravitas that like 
you know, what she did was amazing, but like someone else can do that too, you know, is like how I personally feel. I will leave our listeners with this, which is that on my Tumblr feed, there is a great thread about how we should all just abandon J.K. Rowling and go over to Animorphs, which is another series. Oh, yeah. Um, and I never read that one, but people talk about that. And one. apparently pretty trans-inclusive, okay. and the author's um, child is trans mm-hmm. and was, like, touched and loved that, like, kids were like, oh, Animorphs seems so much more inclusive. And she was like, I'm touched that people who are queer and trans think that and I'm like so excited <laughs> and so my I'll just leave everyone with this is that like maybe read Animorphs yeah totally do it cool there we go well thank you everyone for being here yeah. we're in the fucking dark, dark doldrums we're in the doldrums dark days of season six yes to quote to quote the phantom toll booth a book that I will never oh, get my, my claws out of yes the doldrums look if I've learned anything from Lois Lowry's The Giver it's that you have to have a lot of bad memories to know what joy is mm. so we're here it would be great if we saw some joy on this show though <laughs> Totally agree. I mean, with Lois, you. I hear you, girl, but we would like a few moments of joy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's very dark over here. And like, mm. we're loving like Jack being slutty, but can we see it? Oh my God, girl, I would kill to see this. Can we see a slutty Jack? Like, it just like, can I get a sex scene with Jack? Just give me a hint that he's like coming up off of like giving someone a blowjob or something. Can we hear him talk about the warmth of a George O'Keefe painting after? In a bed with David. Mm. Can we get that call back instead of the trucker named Bubba? I'll take it. I know, for reals. But yeah, we hope you're all staying safe. Mm. You know, what a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> but we're doing it. You're alive and you're making it. And you're here and, and thank you for being here day. with us. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, yep. stop Asian hate. Mm honor our treaties water is life yep literally nebraska is building a canal to take water for canada or from colorado right now cool Cool. (laughs) also the u.s navy has been poisoning the water in hawaii for years (laughs) can we get fresh water in flint michigan Mm, that'd be great yeah yeah um we stand with all movements that protect all labor movements that protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against the working class. Trans rights are human rights. Abortion is pro-life. Mm-hmm. Medicare for all. Yep. Let's cancel student debt. Um, we stand with fam- for family values and families that want to call kids whatever gender, whatever, they want whatever to call. name, mm-hmm. you know, this is about family values, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And if your family wants to stand up for the right of their child, we support them. We do. And God bless them. Yep. Um, and like, come on, let's be real. God isn't forgiving God. I mean... If anyone tries to tell you, they're fucking Barbara Johns over here. Shut up. <laughs> Fuck Barbara Johns. Come on. Like, that's that's all idolatry to think mm-hmm. you know who's going to hell or not. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yep. Get out of here. Get bent. Indeed. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us, Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. 
we want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley. Capitalism Corner, we have merch, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique. And as always, you can order our book, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek, available wherever you get your books. Um, this week, I'm going to shout out Godfather's Bookstore in Astoria, Oregon. <laughs> That's what it's called? It's called Godfather's oh Bookstore. In like Astoria. Godfather's Pizza. <laughs> uh-huh. Much like that, except much nicer person runs it i gotta oh. tell you okay um i have i have a <laughs> meeting herman, i have a meeting coming herman up with Kane? it's not her, that is who okay, owned yeah, godfather's pizza yeah. uh, no a, a very nice nine, person, nine, nine. yeah a very nice per, oh god a very nice person owns godfather's bookstore in astoria oregon also a place that aaron and i got a matching tattoo before we went camping for multiple sure. days sure. um <laughs> not at the bookstore but in Astoria not at the bookstore but in Astoria Oregon yes indeed um, so we'll shout out to them um, thank you so much to those of you who have liked us subscribe written a review for um, our podcast on any platform that you get our podcast on uh, please do that if you haven't already it really helps us when you do that thank you so much for those of you who have um, you can find me online at Pest- yeah, write us something nice though we got another one about us saying like too much Ugh. We're from Cal... Listen. Fuck off. Anyway. Well, we all know it's racist to think that there's a way in which English is correct. That's true. But also, like, we have accents. We are from a place that has accents. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sorry. I I understand that it might be jarring to hear. I'm very sorry about that. But, like, come on. We can't help (laughs) it. Anyway, uh, please... uh, Wait. No, I already said that. Um, what am I? Where am I? My Instagram and Twitter are Pesty1079. You can always follow me on there if you would like. Thank you for being here with us. We love you. We're so excited that you're here with us. I think it's like just two more real bad episodes before we get to the starting to the. I'm like, not the, making any promises, but swing. I agree with you. <laughs> I looked at it today as I was finishing this and going like, how much longer? <laughs> I know, but I'm like, do I remember those episodes wrong? Yeah, totally, totally. So hopefully we'll we'll be on enough swing soon, but hopefully we've managed to entertain you even with this absolute travesty of an episode. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We love you. We'll see you next week. We really appreciate you. I don't want to wait. Right now.